Let me tell you about the French. They are 50 million mixed up, sniveling crybabies who haven't stood on their two feet since Napoleon. And that wasn't yesterday. And Napoleon wasn't even French. It was Corsican. That's right, boy. So the French are the white man's burden. Our burden. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong. <laughs> Silver and gold on the air. Uh, what episode is this? Is this seven? Eight. Jesus. It's eight. I am the loaf. This with me. This monstrosity here. Dr. Zom. Hello. I'm Dr. <laughs> Zom. <laughs> what a monster. What a monster. All right. Welcome back. Uh, another week. Another, uh, another, uh, God, I just, I'm out of it today. This is not going to be pretty. Uh, this week we're covering a couple of uh, very odd, very racist films. Uh, I guess. Uh, it depends on your perspective. Uh, we got a very bizarre French film, American slash French film called Mr. Freedom. And we got another bizarre one, a black exploitation film, Darktown Strutters. So uh, might be some interesting conversations there. Sam, how have you been? Um, I'm doing okay. I'm um, feeling pretty good. I'm living the life. I'm um, hanging out. Um, um, I uh, the weather has changed. I'm very happy about that. I feel um, as though a large weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Um, um, I have uh, nothing else to say. <laughs> yeah, bye bye summer. Yeah, I've been. Uh, bye bye summer. A little less crazy this week for me than last week. Um, we did. Uh, everyone, I'm sure, by the time they hear this, will know uh, we lost a couple important guys that uh, kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum. But um, I was at work at Apple yesterday and found out uh, when you know got the news on MSNBC first that. Uh, that Steve Jobs had passed away, and then when I got at home, saw that Charles Napier had, had died as well. Yeah. So a couple of uh, tough ones. I know Napier collapsed in his house, and Jobs had been sick for a long time. So, Yeah, the Napier, when, you know, like, uh, we were talking before we came on, um, Steve Jobs is really sad, you know, as young as he was and as successful as he was and everything. Uh, but I think most people expect, it because he's been really sick for a while. Yeah, yeah. And when he stepped down from Apple and everything, but um, 
uh, Napier, I mean, you know, the guy's uh, he's he was not you know a young man anymore, yeah. and we're starting to see that a lot with um, with uh, some of the people that we really like in cinema. But uh, you know, that's part of life, and uh, you know, Napier, he was. Uh, I always enjoyed just about. Everything I saw him in, he was good. You know, he yeah. was, um, and uh, the the role that I most remember him from is uh, the guy who sent Rambo on his erstwhile mission <laughs> to rescue POWs. And uh, you know, it, he was just fantastic as the sweaty, you know, lying sack of shit uh, politician in that. And uh, but I, I actually posted this online that uh, you know. Charles Napier was the true star of uh, Rambo or First Blood 2, Rambo First Blood 2, whatever the hell they called it. Yeah, part 2. Part 2, yes. Yeah, so um, I, we're actually going to do a uh, Napier-themed show next week, so uh, we're going to talk about those films at the end of the show as usual, but um, in dedication to the Chin himself, um, one of the Chins, there's a few out there. Um, so yeah, uh, let's get into what we've been watching. I'll let you uh, go first as usual. Christ. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, <laughs> every, every episode, um, it seems like even if it's just a couple of days before I think, man, I really haven't watched anything. And then Bam. I make the list. Um, okay. The first movie was, um, Called uh, so I, I I always say this too and it never happens but I'm gonna go through these pretty quick. <laughs> uh, the first one was called War Gods of the Deep, and this was a um, it's an older uh, movie with Vincent Price and uh, Tab Hunter, uh, who is you know pretty much uh, he plays the hero and he used to be like a you know a, a teen kind of a teen star back in the day and um he's all right he's 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 serviceable but he's he doesn't have a lot of charisma and um this movie it it kind of sort of like a captain nemo sort of a deal uh, I could see it being a movie that they would show on the wonderful world of disney sunday night at seven o'clock you know when I was a kid um one of the funniest things about it is is that it takes place say in the late 1800s early 1900s and uh i think late 1800s and um vincent price is kind of a mad scientist kind of a guy and um but i don't want to go too deep into it there's just one part that i thought was really funny there's a guy who is kind of tab hunter's sort of sidekick he's an older guy like a uh, uh, professor uh, who's kind of um, I don't know out there a little bit, and uh, he has a pet chicken, and he carries around this pet chicken everywhere, <laughs> everywhere they go. He carries this pet chicken. Well, there's a part because it, it you know War Gods of the Deep. It, there's a, it, a lot of it that takes place in these underground caverns beneath like the city and by or by the ocean, and they have a lot of underwater in the ocean stuff. And this was before, um, I think, you know, definitely before, you know, they had oxygen tanks and underwater scuba gear. They may have had those big things with, cause I've seen John Wayne movies where, you know, he's on these ships and has the big, uh, big bronze or metal helmet and the weights on his wrist. And they just have a hose that goes down into the helmet. Like that's uh, real long. That, that one, uh, pumping and blowing bit from, uh, 
from pirate movie with Kristen McNichol running the pump. Yeah, 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 like that. <laughs> well, on on this one, I guess they the the, the helmets are like really elaborate. They have like a uh, one sh- shaped like kind of like a dragon's head or something like that, or they have like bronzed or whatever like uh, dragons and stuff like almost like hood ornaments on them and stuff and things like that. Well, the uh, the and the um, the thing that they made to cover up the oxygen tanks because the professor is supposed to be so smart, uh, you know, he created this underwater breathing system. They just have like a, a wooden box that covers up the actual oxygen tanks. Um, and it's really elaborate. It has like carvings and stuff on the side, but they show the the sidekick of Tab Hunter, this older you know professor guy, and he's got the big helmet on, and like, <laughs> yeah, pumping. Uh, uh. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, he's got this big helmet on, and it's got a big rectangle like a window, so he can look out of it, uh-huh. and you can see the goddamn chicken. Sitting on his fucking shoulder <laughs> inside the helmet as he's like walking underwater. So he That's loved awesome. that chicken. So it was pretty good. It was entertaining. Uh, the next one I purchased at the Walmart uh, for ten dollars, and uh, it was the Blu-ray of Up in the Air with George Clooney nice. and Vera Farmenga. And uh, I saw him on Letterman last night, and the first thing Letterman asked him is in that movie if that was actually her ass or a body double. He's also and, side boob too, I think. I remember. Yeah, and he said, "Well, he said I I really can't, you know, say." And he goes, well, "That means it is." So anyway, <laughs> uh, he's pretty good. He's cool. Anytime he does an interview, it's fun to watch. He's he's uh, pretty funny. Um, love the Clooney. Did you? Yeah, like he's. What did you think of the movie? I liked it. Yeah, I I um. I, I just just about everything. I I mean, the 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 leather head football movie wasn't that great, I but most of the stuff he does, it's not. It doesn't. Um, he doesn't get like uh, big blockbusters where they make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But you know, he makes just makes pretty good movies, pretty solid movies. Um, he told a uh, story on. Letterman, a quick, just a quick story that uh, you know he has that place over in Italy, and they have all these famous people that come and stay with him, and they have parties and everything. And I guess there was a bunch of them there, and Walter Cronkite was there, and they said, "Well, we're going to have a big dinner, you know, tonight." And he said, "Well, you know, is it going to be?" He said, "Yeah, it's going to be formal." So Walter Cronkite comes down the steps, and he's wearing this, you know, really beautiful, nice suit. He's all dressed up, and they're all sitting at the table in like bathrobes. So he gets pissed off, and he goes back upstairs to change. And when he comes back down, he's got like his bathrobe on, and they all had changed back into a suit. <laughs> so they fucked with Walter Cronkite, even though he's 90 years old. Um, <laughs> the next one I watched um, was uh, also a Blu-ray that I picked up at the Walmart. Cheap, uh, called Solitary Man with Michael Douglas mm-hmm. and the guy from Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, uh, He's in it, and um, it's got... It, I think uh, oh shit I can't remember who the fuck else is in it but they're they're in it anyway um, this movie is pretty good <coughs> it reminds me so much of one of my uh, I was gonna say friends but he thinks I'm his friend but I don't think you know because yeah, <laughs> uh, the guy is you know the, the, this guy is even though he's like sixty some years old or whatever in the movie he's yeah, just yeah. a he acts like he did when he was 15 or 16. He's a narcissist. He All he wants to do is go out and screw. He doesn't care about anybody but himself. But it's a pretty good movie. Um, I enjoyed it, so I bought it. 
Um, the next one. What the hell is this? I'm trying to think what the hell move what this movie. Bloodworth? Bloodworth? Oh, okay. Okay. I, I, it took me a minute to remember what it was. That's sad because <laughs> it was pretty good. It's uh, Chris Christopherson. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, it's the one of the reasons I got it. Well, I like Chris Christopherson and just about everything he's in. I like Chris Christopherson, but it also had fat Val Kilmer in it. And he plays Chris Christopherson's uh, son. And um, it started out kind of like, you know, okay, this isn't going to be that good. Like maybe it's some kind of freaking something they'd show on like uh C what's the country music channel? CM is it CMT? CMT. Yeah, CMT or something like that. But then it kind of takes off. It's about a, a, a three generations of this family, the Bloodworth family. And um the, the there's a young boy and um oh and Hillary Duff is in it and um the, she gets screwed. And it's implied that Val fat Val Kilmer screwed her too at one time so it, it it ends up being a pretty good movie it's not great but it's it's worth a watch if somebody wants to check it out Oot. um jumping the broom um this was we made fun of this movie uh because my friend uh randy kept saying uh this doesn't have medea in it does it <laughs> But uh, it, it started out, You, I kept thinking it was going to be something like that, you know, like fucking Medea with, um, right. what the hell is that transvestite guy's name? I don't even think, uh, uh, what's his name? He did. Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry. He did, he was on, he did the, put money up for Precious, right? Did he? I think so. I think he was like executive producer on that or something. Well, it, it um, it, it wasn't anything like Medea at all. Well, I. It had like a, it's a, it's a, a, a guy and a girl are getting married and, um, um, ends up, uh, he's pretty well off. I mean, I can't remember. I think it was, if it was just like a stock trader or something like that, but he has pretty good money. And, um, um, the girl he's marrying is like really, her family's really super wealthy, like from up in, you know, Hyannisport or whatever. Right. And, um, he ends up his, but his family is from like Brooklyn. Okay. And so they show up and they're, they're, you know, it's funny watching them interact and everything. There's the one chick in it and uh, there's two, two girls in it. One of them's uh, Paula Patton. And boy, does she, she is the main girl and she was really stunning, very good looking. And there was a couple times where she had a really tight ass, like a uh, dress on that was just, uh, <laughs> and then there was uh, another one. And I'm trying to think what her name was, but uh, uh, it, let me look here. I, th- I think it's this one here, Megan. Megan Good, mm-hmm. and is she like some a singer or something? I, I don't know the name because boy, she had some nice boobies and she had a nice body, and uh, yeah, I liked her. And then there was a guy on it. Uh, the only other guy that I recognized was. Um, Oh shit! He's on. I think uh, one of those. Not is it CSI or something like that. His name is Gary Dorden mm-hmm. or Dowden, and uh, he's he's got these really uh, CSI crime or CSI is what he's on. But he was pretty cool. He played a, a chef that hooks up. Everybody starts hooking up the thing. But anyway, it's not a movie that I want to spend too much time on, even though I already have. But it's it's actually not bad. And if you uh, for uh, like if you have a chick. And you want to watch a movie with your chick that your chick might like? It's the kind of movie that a chick might like. And I even liked it. Uh, next one was called um, Assassination Games. 
This was a uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, uh, and it had the guy who was um, – oh, what the hell is that son of a bitch? I can't remember anything these days. Scott uh, Karate Guy. Um. <laughs> oh, uh, Atkins. Scott Atkins, yeah. Atkins. Yeah, he's – this is this is not going well. I think I, I don't know. <laughs> you remember a lot better than me because yeah. I have to have IMDb pages open for every single movie I watched in the week, or I can't even remember which movies I watched, much less who's in them. This was this was um, it was actually pretty good. Uh, Van Dam, it's it's the JCVD Van Dam. He's younger. He actually takes his shirt off, and you can tell. I mean, he's not on the. He looks good, mm-hmm. but he, you can tell he was on the juice at one time, and he's not anymore. But he was. Uh, I like Van Dam. I mean. Now that he's older, he almost has like a Bronson-like look, Charles Bronson, where he's he, he's uh, he's older and his face uh, you can see the hard road that's you know his life on his face and everything. Yeah. And he's I think he's just a way better actor. He's not he doesn't come across as that real cocky asshole-ish, you know that he he usually you know real super cocky with a grin and you know thumbs up and all this shit. And uh, it was pretty good. Um, the next one was called Wrecked. With Adrian Brody, mm-hmm. and this was different. Um, a great part of the movie, uh, he he wakes up out of a you know being knocked out in in a uh, wrecked car at the bottom of this like ravine in the woods out in the wilderness, and there's like a couple of dead bodies in the car, and he can't remember who he is or anything, and his legs are like broken, so he, he's like pinned right. in inside the car. So there's a great part of it where you know it's just him alone. And he's trying to figure out. He can't get out. The frustration. He starts hallucinating because I mean he's out there for days and you know no water, no food, and um, it's pretty good. And it has a twist. Has a twist, daddy. So you gotta watch Adrian Brody. <laughs> and uh, they, you know, with the nose like he's got, um, it, it, it uh, he looked good. Like he actually had been in a wreck with that schnoz. He's been in a lot of uh, like smaller type films mm-hmm. like that lately. It seems this like, wasn't. Uh, and 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 it 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 um, you have to stick with it because I know a lot of my friends kind of got were like okay Jesus Christ come on let's move on but you know they had to do that because it it really builds up the uh, you know what he's going through you feel it even though you know he's out there for days and you're just there for maybe watching him in the car for like a half an hour by himself mm-hmm. and you know so but it, it was it was it's worth a watch it's on uh, it's on instant watch on the Netflix the Netflix. Oh, and I want to add something about the Netflix. Okay, um, I I got uh, oh shit the one, god damn. Okay, anyway, I got a movie uh, a couple of shows ago, and I couldn't watch it because I got halfway through, and the fucking thing uh, would not play. It was the one that had the guy that played uh, the. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! I can't remember anything. But anyway, wouldn't play. I had to send it back, and then I fucking, I finally fucking got it back. Well, I got this uh, documentary about uh, John Casale that mm-hmm. was in the Deer Hunter and and the Godfather and everything. Played Fredo, and it's a documentary about his life, and it's got you know like Meryl Streep and De Niro and all these people that were friends of his because he died really young. He had cancer, and um, that got the, got the son of a bitch. I was going to watch it this morning, and it was fucked up. It wouldn't play. It had a big crack on it oh, and everything. Wow. And send it back. So I'm getting a little bit pissed off at Quickster. Quickster. Uh, <laughs> I can't even. I can't swear to God. I can't even remember what the hell the names of anything today. You're rubbing off on me, and I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> the next one. Um, I also I bought this on eBay, really cheap. 
I went to and, and did a uh, Blu-ray search uh, and just did the lowest movies first. And it was uh, The Killer Inside Me with Casey Affleck. Oh, yeah. And uh, I still say that I like the uh, the Stacey Keach original version better. Yeah. Uh, had the chick from the uh, Jeff Bridges uh, boxing movie, which I can't remember. Uh, something. <laughs> something. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Stacy Keats, Jeff Bridges boxing movie. Uh John Houston directed it. But uh um I like the Stacy Keach version better. Mm-hmm. Uh but this one you get to see Kate Hudson's naked butt getting spanked and I still don't like Jessica Alba and I don't care if she did show her butt in this movie. I think she sucks. Um and Casey Affleck's voice. I'm with Sammy on this one. His voice after a while kind of gets on your nerves. Uh let's see. But it did have um the one guy. <laughs> I I wanted to like that movie a lot. The yeah. the book's pretty pretty horrific. Not like good horrific. I mean it's yeah. but I I wanted to like that one. It, I don't know. I left it feeling a little on the mm-hmm. fence, I guess. It, it it's not I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird feeling like that that movie right. make, makes you and, and not not necessarily in a good way. Right, right. I, I that's kind of the way I was. I bought it because it was really cheap. Yeah, and so it was Blu-ray and it was really cheap. Um, uh, Elias uh, Coteus, I like him, and I I like Simon Baker. I wish uh, he he made a a, a TV uh, show with uh, Ray Liotta. That was really good, and and it got pulled after like I think maybe four episodes, but it was kind of like the movie Heat, but it was a TV show about these thieves that were kind of like that, and um, they just said it cost too much to make, so that's why they they, they shit canned it. Um, the next one was Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Yes, uh, I like that one. Uh, <laughs> There's some hotness in that movie. Well, Woody Allen, I'm a big fan of Woody Allen. I don't care if he screwed, you know, it's stepdaughter or whatever it's not she wasn't his daughter and obviously him and Mia Farrow and he's a dirty old man but who gives a shit uh doesn't have anything to do with me and you know um but um it's got Scarlett and it's got Javier Javier Bardem who I think is fucking just phenomenal yeah yeah. I I watch him in anything He's got a big head, which is good for a movie uh, star. You have to have a big head. <laughs> and I'm not talking about ego. He has a big head. But uh, just watching him, you know, like in his kind of seduction mode and everything. Uh, the other chick, of course, I don't remember her name because, you know, compared to Scarlett. Scarlett's not a great actress, but she's just like a, a uh, uh, like a ripe peach that you just want to take a bite out of like her butt and other parts of her body. Not like literally like Hannibal Lecter, but I'm just saying. Um, let's move <laughs> on from there. I liked it. I thought it was good. Um, you mean uh, the other chick you're talking about? Uh, the main girl. The main girl. Wasn't, yeah. wasn't Penelope Cruz in that one too? Yeah, Penelope Cruz is in it too. And she, she was awesome in it. She was, she was and I, I normally don't like her. Okay. I don't know why she she annoys me, and I've heard people say like when she's in films and she's speaking Spanish that she sounds it sounds really sexy or it sounds really you know like a good voice. But when she's like uh, speaking English, mm-hmm. speaking American <laughs> English, Mister Freedom, um, she she talked like <laughs> she talked like this, and she sounds like she got the she she talked really fast, and she has uh like she got buck teeth or something. Uh, but she's she was good in this, and she was hot, even though she was crazy. So and hot. there was a good dynamic between her and Javier Bardem, which is good because I think they're married, aren't they? Oh, are they? I don't know. I think they got married. Um, 
they're Rebecca gonna have, Hall. They're going to have pretty babies. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca Hall was the other chick, and she was good. She's a good actress, but I just I I don't think I remember her in too much other stuff, yeah. even though I'm sure I saw her. She was in the town. She was the chick from the town. Still haven't seen uh, that. And she was uh, the, uh, the, uh, the um, uh, what's his name? The guy <laughs> that played American Psycho. Oh, Christian Bale. Wife in oh. The Prestige. Wife. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, and she, well, I don't want to give it away in case nobody's seen it. But uh, you know, most of the time on these reviews, like right now, I don't think anything that I'm saying really matters because I'm being, I can't remember anybody's names or anything, which is odd. I don't know what's going on here. Um, next one was Bridesmaids. Maids. Mm-hmm. Um, this was too fucking long. When you have a kind of a raunchy, raunchy comedy movie, hour and a half, that's it. Cut it off. It's yeah, done. Yeah. This fucker went like two hours. And it was it had some funny stuff in it, but it just, you know, I got to an hour and a half, and I'm like, fuck. You know, they still have to do this, and it's, you know, it was almost two hours long. And, it, you know, it, 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 there's a, a one girl um, in it, uh, and, of course, I can't remember her name. Her first <laughs> name's Rebel, and she plays like a heavy girl. She's from Australia, uh-huh. um, and she's funny as shit. Um, she was on, oh, some late night talk show last night, Rebel Wilson. And, and uh, the reason I'm just even going into this, first of all, she's hilarious. And second of all, she was the girl in Ghost Rider with Nicolas Cage, where he walks up to this girl on the street after he turns into Ghost Rider. And the girl's like, fuck, you know, cool or something like that. And then the <laughs> news reporter's asking her, uh, uh, as a witness, you know, what happened? And she's like, he had like his head was on fire and all this and that. Well, she talked about meeting Nicolas Cage when she was making that movie. And she said they actually handed out these things to people on the set and said, you know, Mr. C- when you meet Mr. Cage, don't look him in the eye. Uh, don't stare at him. Don't look him in the eye. Don't approach him unless he approaches you. All kind of real. And she says, no, it's true. You know, they, they pass these things out. So she was kind of nervous when he first Is he a fucking up. gorilla? <laughs> he, he, he must be like an – I don't know if he's an <laughs> asshole or if he just does it because he's eccentric or what. And so he came over to her. He approached her and he said, hey, I'm really glad that you could be in this movie. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about, you know, I think it's going to be a good movie, this and that. And um, so because he approached her – she thought, well, you know, he's pretty cool. You know, this thing must have been just a joke or something. And she was just like looking at him. He's talking and she goes, oh, my God. She goes, you have the most beautiful hair. And she reached up and was touching his hair. And she goes, when I, start, when I touched his hair, I realized, oh, my God, it's a wig. Uh-oh. <laughs> and so then, you know, but it, just the way she told the story was funny. Uh, and I actually remember that. Um, the next movie was called Win-Win with Paul Giamatti. That's a good one, too. It was good. I liked it. It was a. It was just like a nice little movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's. I like him in roles like this. You know, when he was in that uh, that one movie, Ironclad or whatever, and he played King John. I mean, it's like you know, come on, Giamatti, you should be playing these kind of roles, like Sideways and stuff like that. He's a a uh, every man looking kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, the little dude that had the uh, bleach blonde hair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could tell he wasn't an actor. But I thought he did a, a fairly good job, yeah. and you know he's he uh, I guess was like a New Jersey state champion wrestler uh, that year or something like that. He's a young kid, and uh, he had 
like cracked his vertebrae in his back or something. So he, he had to quit wrestling there that year or something. But anyway, he was good. And it's a good, nice, just a nice little story. Uh, and it had Burt Young in it. And he's another one. He's, he's getting up there in age and, you know, and so. I like, I like Amy, uh, Amy Ryan a lot, the, his mm-hmm. wife in the movie. I thought, I think she's cool. Well, the, the one thing about the, it's, it's kind of a classic Hollywood thing. You have Paul Giamatti and, uh, whether it's like Louis CK, he even makes fun of this where they'll put a chick with him that, you know, there's no way that they would really be married <laughs> because the chick's kind of like yeah. still, you know, good looking and you know, whatever. Uh, but anyway, it was still, it was good. I liked it. Uh, I recommend that one. <laughs> Two weeks in another town. This was uh, one that uh, Terry Frost and I did on Paleo Cinema. Kirk Douglas, uh, Sid Charisse, who has, oh man, I, I, uh, he actually made a comment and laughed that you know, uh, uh, for people who don't know, you know, Sid Charisse is not a not a guy. Uh, and so I started when I was a kid. You know, you'd hear the name all the time, Sid Charisse, but I thought it probably was a guy, and I'd never seen any movies. Well, I looked up her pictures. And she had been like a ballerina and stuff. Oh my God! What the? I mean, legs from here to to the floor, and just a butt like pow, <laughs> you know, boom, right in there. So she's she was pretty hot, and it had uh, some hot uh, like we're talking about Penelope Cruz. It had some hot Latin women in it, which was pretty good. Kind of a behind the scenes of a uh, of old Hollywood. Yeah, they're making a movie. Uh, Kirk Douglas has been injured in a, a car wreck he was a big star but he got injured and has like a big scar on his face and edward g robinson's in it and he's the uh director and uh they're making a uh, an italian movie and the uh it's it's kind of a uh, uh insight into like even hollywood as it is today where yeah. he's telling this guy give me two more weeks and i'll make you a great picture and the italian uh the producer the guy the money guy is like i don't give a fuck and he goes you mean you don't i can get you a, make you a movie that'll win us an oscar he said i don't care he goes if it if if it is shot on time uh and you finish the day that the the that you're scheduled to finish i'll make $420,000 and I don't care if it's good. I don't care if it sucks. I don't care if anybody ever even sees it. So it's kind of like that. But it's it's a good movie. Uh, and if you want to hear an in-depth conversation on that, uh, listen to Paleo Cinema, uh, which is one of the best podcasts around, Daddy-O. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> next one is uh, the movie is called uh, Rendition mm-hmm. with Jake Gyllenhaal or Gyllenhaal. With a, and I envy his hair every time I see him. That motherfucker! You son of a bitch! <laughs> that son of a bitch! He has hair that is just like—I mean, not—I'm not talking like in a gay way. I admire his hair. I admire his hair because I'm not—I'm losing mine, and he has this thick, lustrous hair. And I would just like to punch him in the face. Uh, I don't <laughs> like Reese Witherspoon, and I'm glad that she was kind of a side note. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, what's his name? That's married to Jillian Hall's. Um, Sister, uh, is it Peter Skarsgård? Yeah, yes. He, <laughs> yes. Sure. Uh, he is a very good actor. Um, he was in the Sniper movie uh, with Gyllenhaal uh, and Jamie Foxx, and I can't even remember what that was called. So we'll move right <laughs> on from there. Uh, but it's a good movie. It's a, it's a, I, the only thing I really didn't like about it was the ending. It's just a little too feely good for me. Uh, but it's considering the subject. Um, Next movie. Are you ready for this one? I'm ready. Top Gun. <laughs> nice. Starring Tom Cruise and Skinny. 
Iceman Val Kilmer. We we are Mike showing Mike. a film at the at the theater right now called Malsum, a Bollywood movie. I think it might be a rip on Top Gun. Nice. <laughs> Michael Ironside, Tom Skerritt, Fat Val, Rick Rossovich, Meg Ryan, Dr. Green from ER, Anthony Edwards. Um, the more I watch this movie, I, and when I watched it when it first came out, when I was young, you know, I, I we loved this movie. It was like, fuck, it was so cool. Now I can't help but watch it and just think how stupid it is, mm-hmm. and but enjoy the living shit out of watching it because it is so homoerotic and it is so funny. Um, the scenes between Val and Maverick or Iceman and Maverick are hilarious. The fucking volleyball scene. I, you know, I'm sorry. That was not for women. Uh, <laughs> uh Kelly McGillis, uh, she was pretty hot then she was hot in that and she was hot in witness. And they, you know, some people were ragging on her ass about, you know, oh boy, she's really let herself go and everything. Well, first of all, she's old. I mean, she's not a spring chicken anymore. And uh, she was a lot older than Tom Cruise in this movie, which made it look kind of weird because he was, he just, I'd like to smack his fucking face. All he did was fucking grin the whole goddamn movie like a, a, a jackass. <laughs> he kill his fucking best friend. And the next thing you know, he's like, uh, I don't know, and greasy hair and sweaty. And I just, I don't, I don't mind him. I liked um, Frank T.J. Mackey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> TJ Maxi, because he because he 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 taught you know that you should uh, respect the cock and tame the cunt, and uh, so anyway, <laughs> so Frank TJ Mackey, Tom, Tom Cruise gets uh, gets my respect for that role. Um, and do you know what I'm even talking about? Did you see Magnolia? Yes. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> I just I didn't know if you were out there in the in the ether, if you were injecting the ether into your into your groin, into my anus. Into your anus. Okay, now we go from Top Gun to another. This this uh, you know Top Gun was fun in a bad way. And you, you have fun watching it. It was good. Now this one is more of a serious movie, and it's um, probably a lot of people haven't seen it. But um, so hopefully you'll go see it because um, I liked it, and it's called Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> More than meets the eye. You mean the original 80s animated one, right? No, I mean the one with Megan Fox <laughs> and Shia LaDouche. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this was on TV last night. And I was flipping them channels. And my friend loves this movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we started watching it one time and I just was like, I don't want to watch this. So I went and did, you know, got on the computer or whatever. Uh, and the rest of my buddies sat around and fucking watched it. And they slowly kind of, as they couldn't take anymore while he sat there and stared at the screen, like it was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> um, so I thought, well, I'll turn it on and watch it. And you know what? I had a lot more fun with it this time. Um, the fighting between the robots or whatever they are, yeah. the Decepticons and the other fucking robots, um, it lost me just a lot because it, it, when they were shifting and changing and fighting, uh, it was hard to tell what was going on. Yeah, who yeah, yeah. was beating up who and everything. Uh, that guy that's married to Fergie was pretty good. at. I like John Turturro. He was the best part. I mean, just because I like him. I thought he was really good. Megan Fox cannot... She had a Jonah Hex voice, Jonah Hex. But 
she's hot. I don't care. And her running around, uh, that's another one, like Shia LaBeouf. Mm-hmm. I don't like him at all. And then he has Megan Fox. It's kind of like Paul Giamatti with them. Not quite that bad, but I just don't. I think he's kind of a douche, even though I heard that they might have screwed when they were making it. Eh, who cares? Anyway, but it, was, it wasn't it was good. <laughs> <laughs> um, John Turturro, I like him. And the next one I watched was this morning, and it was The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Um, I've seen this before. I've seen all three of them. And I really liked... Uh, First one I really liked, and I liked the last one. Middle one was kind of it was all right. I liked it, but I mean, it wasn't it, it wasn't as good as the first one at all. And um, the last one I liked a lot more with the trial and everything. Um, the new one's coming out, coming out. And um, after seeing this, it's going to be I'm going to try and keep an open mind. Uh, but the uh, Numi Rapace or whatever her name is that plays Lisbeth Zalandar. Uh, I really like her in this role, and I think she is going to be hard to top. I hope that uh, the Mara chick it does, you know, is good. Um, the you know the guy. The one thing that I liked about this one was um, that uh, they didn't go for classic Hollywood good looks with her or with um, uh, the guy who played uh, Michael Blumquist. Mm-hmm. And then in the new one, they of course go and get Daniel Craig, who is like dog shit, and he's everywhere. I like Daniel Craig, but man, he seems like he's just in fucking a lot of shit. Uh, a little overexposure, that ad with putting the James Bond in there with the girl with the dragon tattoo. But I still like it, and I watched it on my new big TV, which isn't that new anymore, so I won't say that anymore. I hate that. Uh, I hate the stupid Trent Reznor Led Zeppelin cover song that they put in the new yeah. trailer. It's like fuck that. I thought you liked Trent Reznor. I do. I, okay. Yeah. I'll, let me get. Let me get. I'll, let me get this out there. All Trent right. Reznor with me. It's it's become a love hate relationship, I guess, because oh. back in the day, back in the in the nineties, if you will, it was the shit. I I was obsessed with Nine Inch Nails. You wanted to be Trent Reznor. I wanted to be Trent Reznor. I had a poster on the wall with him wearing fishnet hose. It was awesome. Nice. But my, I guess it, around in the late '90s, I, when I was in college, my musical taste all of a sudden just completely changed. I, I mean, I, and I'll tell you what did it. It was Radiohead's OK Computer. Mm-hmm. Um, I started listening to stuff I'd never listened before, mm-hmm. and I totally like. I had probably forty CDs, bootlegs, and everything of Nine Inch Nails stuff, and I sold every single one of them. Bootlegs. Uh, it, what? I'm not familiar. I'm not familiar with that term. Uh, we'll exp- I'll explain that one later. But okay. Is that like leg warmers? Yeah. Those, sort, okay. Sort of. Boot All legs. Right. Yeah. They, it's like a boot, but it doesn't have feet. Nice. Yeah. So it keeps your calves warm, but um, I, I, I don't know. And just like I turned a corner and like uh, I just completely changed. And I, I still appreciate a lot and it has a nostalgic thing for me. But anyway, that wow, this has nothing to do with anything. So uh, anyway, back to... Well, some, yeah, that happens. That's uh, that's the way. That's the way it goes, Daddy O. Trent Reznor lets you down. You you liked him in the fish nets, and then when he kind of, you know, that, that wasn't even it. It was nothing. No change that happened. No sex, there. Nothing sexual. I think I just got to I, I got to a point where the lyrics didn't resonate with me anymore. Yeah, like yeah. I, I wasn't an angry youth, an angry white suburban kid anymore. Uh, nah, you I became just, an angry African American. I was just a depressed, overweight white kid at that point. 
yeah and and I'd like you know and then i'm going back and listening to the lyrics i'd be like oh god like you know what this is kind of dumb so anyway the go ahead i'm sorry that's how hey dude i know exactly where you're coming from that's how i was with cheap trick <laughs> <laughs> just well no i'm not just kidding anyway um the next thing, I, there's just a few things added here. That that's about the end of the movies. I've uh, been been hitting the Law and Order criminal intent with Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, where he's skinny and young, and I love that show. I could watch it every day of the week. Um, the uh, I am uh, reading the Odessa File, which was a movie with John Voight uh, and Maximilian Schell. And uh, I like it. I, I, the book is really good. I've never read the book. I just watched the movie. The movie is good, but it, it's, it's another one there toward, uh, it has a part in it. That's kind of like, okay, now this is kind of, you know, I don't know, but uh, the book's really good. And uh, the uh, last thing I want to uh, mention is uh, um I just got my first issue of Captain America in the mail uh, as I extended my subscription. And they have switched over to a new artist and a new uh, uh, writer. And uh, they killed off uh, Bucky Barnes uh, a while back after they brought him back after 50 fucking years or whatever. (laughs) They killed him off, supposedly. It's Marvel, so he probably isn't dead. But uh, I like the new direction. Uh, We had the Ameridroid, this giant uh, android Captain America coming back. Got Baron Zemo in there, Nick Fury, uh, and uh, Agent 13. And uh, it's some good shit. So if you're a comic book, fan check out the new captain america because it's pretty good baby and let me tell you something uh one last thing and this is just a fucking stupid thing if you want to if you have like a a um, not a really good gag reflex or if you have a good gag reflex which means you gag very easily (laughs) go to youtube and just type in on the search vomit on roller coaster (laughs) and it's it's called it's vomit on roller coaster fail F-A-I-L. And it's about two minutes and 30 seconds long. And you get the whole buildup of the girl getting sick. And then when it lets loose, daddy, let me tell you something. If you can't hold your cookies, you might not. I told my friend Tim, I said, hey, come check this out. You got to watch this. He watched. The girl wasn't even throwing up. She just was starting to get sick. And he goes, I'm out. And <laughs> just walked away. <laughs> yeah, I can't, that, that one's hard for me to watch somebody else throwing up. Kind of, ugh. Yeah, and I, and I also saw, uh, uh, just because that was up, um, some of the, um, let's see if we can drink an entire gallon of milk. Oh, uh, no, yeah. no. And that's a pretty good one, too. I, I For some reason, I think it's funny. I gag a lot, and and I like two girls with one cup. I mean, I literally almost vomited, but I, I, I it just I, it amuses me. A, a, a girl in our uh, in my fantasy hockey league has named her team Two Girls One Puck. Nice. <laughs> Nice. All right, I'm so gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into what I'm watching, uh, so we c- can get off vomit because yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> oh, well, I'm <laughs> going from one yeah to another. Um, on uh, Aaron uh, Death Rattle, Aaron's recommendation, I watched uh, Sick: The Life and Death of Bob Flanagan, Super Masochist. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this was a rough watch. Um, I, I I thought it was very interesting. The um, this poor guy. I, I didn't even really understand what cystic fibrosis was until I watched this, but mm-hmm. it's a pretty horrific hereditary disease where basically you just drown in mucus. 
phlegm or whatever. Yeah, um, I'm like you. I don't. I didn't have any yeah, any clue. It, most most people that have it die before before they're out of their twenties. A lot of people die as children. Um, it gets into your digestive system and everything. And but this guy lived to be uh, 43, and was pretty miserable. But it's interesting. The you know they they explore why he was a masochist perhaps, and that you know it might you know that's the control he had over his body because he didn't have any otherwise. Um, and it started at a pretty young age for him. And, um, just, a you know, another note for the perhaps weak willed that you do get to see a nail going through a penis in this movie. Um, yum, 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 yum. I'm hungry. It, it was, it, it's, uh, it's not an easy watch, but, uh, and, and it's, it's pretty intriguing. So, if you can handle the, uh, you know, watching this guy get cut and having a metal ball shoved up in his asshole, then uh, a metal ball shoved up in his asshole—it's probably the size of a softball. What's the big deal about that? Well, you know, some people might not want to see it. Everybody should. Oh. Everybody should want it, but not, might not want to see it. Ugh, that's. I mean, okay. Now I, I know this is your. You know, you watched it, and we're just going over what we watched and everything. <sighs> Would you recommend this movie? I, I mean, would recommend this movie if. Yeah, see, I don't know if I could handle it. it. That's what I'm like. I like what I'm saying. If if you think watching this guy be not tortured, he's not ever really like whipped or anything like that. All of it is you know self-induced. Uh, right. Or he has a uh, he had a um, his wife was a sadist, mm. so they you know they were a good match for each other. And you would never look at this woman. She looks like somebody's mom. You'd never look at her and think that. She goes home and like makes these movies about doing autopsies on her husband and stuff. Man. But um, th- he was a performance artist, so he, t- mm. he used his sickness and these, you know, the photos and movies that he would make of of himself being tortured or being submissive or whatever. And mm. do he had like an art gallery and stuff. So, um, well, this was on the premiere magazine list of the most disturbing movies ever, and I was tempted to watch it, but you know. I know what you're saying. I mean, it's, it probably is a is an in- interesting movie, but I think I think I might have to let that one slip by it, me, Daddy. It, and it's, I mean, you know, it's sad. I mean, you watch you watch him yeah. get sicker and and die. So, mm. oh, it was it was creepy, but I mean, I thought it was very interesting. So, thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Um, I watched uh, I watched Logan's Run. Nice. Um, I was talking with someone about, and and I realized it's one I'd never seen. Um, I I talked to someone about uh, Refn and Gosling. Now going to they're going to be working on Logan's Run, mm. and um, so I was like, yeah, I guess I should check out the original. And um, it, it it was cool. I liked it a lot. I could see why it kind of gets a bum rap. It came out right around the same time as Star Wars. Yeah, and if you put those two, actually, it came out a month after Star Wars. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a it's, fuck, that's br- <laughs> that is brutal yeah. on Logan's Run because there's some cheap shit in this movie. I think right. They look like they filmed it in a shopping mall, and there was a fucking silver robot in it that I think uh, I've seen better Halloween costumes walking around on yeah. the on the street. But, but I a will cool say movie. this: uh, that the the uh, girl that plays Jessica in Logan's Run beats out Carrie Fisher, metal brawl, bikini. Oh yeah. Any day. I mean that that I've seen that girl in a lot of different movies, and uh, uh, Eagle has landed and stuff like that. Man, she just does something for me. And then this one, they wear those little just things, and there's nothing on underneath. I oh, mean, yeah. there's there's nothing. She and shows the boobage. She, yeah, she's smoking. And yeah. uh, 
I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of Richard Jordan. Mm -hmm. Huge. So uh, I, this was uh, from my kitty childhood and uh, 76. And um, I, it's like, a, it's an old favorite, you know, and, and I, I wouldn't even, for some reason, I don't know. I thought Star Wars came out in 77. Was it? I thought it was May of seventy six. Am I? Was I okay? It may have been, uh, but um, I, you're exactly right. Now, I mean, if they, they if they would have oh, had you're right May of seventy seven, I was totally wrong. I'm I'm obviously not a Star Wars. I love Star Wars, but I'm not a Star Wars nerd by any means. So you're right, seventy seven. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, um, I think uh, if they would have had the or used had or used the technology that Lucas used, uh, they could have really done some good stuff. Michael York isn't great, mm -hmm. but, um, but he was good in this role. I mean, I thought he, he was all over every, you know, how I said about Daniel Craig now, sort of, uh, that's how Michael York was at this time, man. He was in fucking everything. Yeah. The, so. the, uh, it's funny to see, to, you know, comparing this so close to star Wars, especially with the guns. Because yeah, in Star yeah, yeah. Wars, they have you know lasers that are flying left and right across the screen, and this one it looks like a fucking just butane lighter. Yeah, it just like <laughs> has this like sparky kind of a thing. And but you do get to see Farrah Fawcett in this too. And, oh yeah, and her beauty. She was a yeah. good looking woman. Um, so it's keeping teeth. on the uh, the sci fi trip, I watched Time Cop. Um, I bought this on a double disc at the Big Lots. Do you have Big Lots there? Yeah, yeah. They sell some three dollar DVDs. Yeah, I need to go there. I keep saying that. People keep telling me, "You gotta go there, man. They have a you can you can find some good DVDs." And I just haven't uh, have totally. it uh, there. Is that all, uh, that's Van Dam? Van Dam, yeah, Time Cop. Uh, where, with uh, who else? What's that other guy's name? That fucking um, guy, Ron uh, Silva. Ron Silva, Bruce McGill Silver? is who I'm thinking of. Um, yeah, Ron Silver plays a senator, and uh, Bruce McGill plays a guy that heads the time travel like cop organization is this the best van damme movie um as far as budget and theatrical three theatrical success probably uh, probably i see i like i like universal soldier better than this yeah yeah um I I liked Universal Soldier when it came out. Time Cop, I I've only seen it I think maybe once, but I I hear people resoundly, you know, almost say that you know how good this movie is, and in retrospect, it's like it holds up better than you know. There's a lot of movies that he made that you know like uh, Bloodsport and stuff yeah. like that 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 people really like uh, genre movies and stuff, but that this one was really um, underrated. Yeah, maybe. it's cool. It's but, yeah, it's. Um, I think it came out right before it, it came out like at the end of his theatrical run. Mm -hmm. He at like mid nineties, so when he started doing more Coke direct, direct yeah, Coke and direct to video Coke. And um direct to video Coke. Uh but the um no. it, it's a it's a solid one. And and like I was saying, the this is on a double this is on a two disc thing with uh or a two movie set. For three dollars with Bloodsport, I was like, nice. I pass that up? Yeah, I, I need to run down there. I went on a tear there. I got that, and I got um, I got uh, Full Contact. I got, I got a lot of stuff. Um, full Contact, bucks, uh, the the um, Ringo Lamb directed one with uh, Chow Young Fat. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, Time Cop was was good. I, I I was I thought I had seen it before, but watching, I was like, I don't know, because I, I, I definitely remember the part where he does the split over the water on the floor. But <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm a, I'm I love a, the splits. I must have seen it because 
you know, I I remember this for like before YouTube was around, but I don't. Uh, there was a lot elements of the movie I did not remember, so maybe I was just kind of half paying attention. The main thing I remember is just the Civil War guys at the beginning, you know, yeah, and, they, yeah, yeah. and then uh, they they uh, steal the gold. are not as armed as well as they think they are. Right. Um, and then I watched uh, I watched JCVD just because I hadn't seen it, and this was yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, really I really good. liked it. Um, it was I thought it was fantastic the way they um, the way they did this film um, and there's a part and I've never seen Jean-Claude uh, Van Damme act as well as he did but there's a part that kind of like you know the, what is it breaking the fourth wall yeah yeah where the you know he raises up and there's you see the lights and he's talking about like kind of like life flashing before his eyes moment mm -hmm. and he was really good like tears in his eyes and everything and there might have yeah. been some realism there so <laughs> uh, with him I doubt it <laughs> no I mean oh, he might have been really been crying he's like fuck um <laughs> Um, I I uh, one one part that um, I don't want to give anything away. I think most of the people that the thirteen people that that uh, <laughs> listen to our podcast, um, but it, it's like if you've ever been not in a fight, but the lead up to it, mm -hmm. and you and you have enough time to think, and you're thinking how it might go mm -hmm. if I do this or if I do that, you know, whatever. And I think too much. Most people just get into it and just go and give it their best. But I think, okay, if I if I walk away, I'm like this. But if I don't, this could happen. I could be humiliated, or I might be the hero, you know, whatever. Right, right. And he kind of had that moment um, where he's thinking, okay, if I do this, or you know. And uh, it, it would be easy with everybody, all the shit that you think about him as far as being a martial artist, just watching his movies and stuff. But that doesn't necessarily translate into actual heroics and what will work in real life. Yeah. And uh, I like that they took that kind of uh, perspective. Yeah, too. I mean, they make it very. They make him very real. They make him. Yeah, I mean, he, he had he, he had fear. I mean, it wasn't yeah. like he was he was the guy in the movie that would be real cocky and you know I know I can just beat everybody's ass so I can just do this. He was he was human. Yeah, and uh, it, junk club. And thanks to this movie, also I've been trying to uh, rack my brain thinking of uh, movies, uh, at least American movies from the eighties and nineties that would that made. Um, like the uh, uh, the Arab community look bad, like they were the villain, just mm -hmm. because that was the popular thing to do. And they actually list off a few in this movie. Really? Yeah. So because and the reason is, I have a friend that's doing. Um, she's uh she does Middle Eastern studies as her major, and she mm -hmm. is um writing her, I guess, dissertation. I don't know, so some kind of final, overall paper on, you know, the portrayal of of you know Arabs in film. And that, uh, and so I, I totally like center a few, including the one with uh, Rutger Hauer and Gene Simmons playing a a, a Muslim terrorist. Yeah, yeah, wanted uh, yeah, dead or alive. Yeah, yeah. so that, I was pretty excited when they mentioned that one. I was like, oh my god, I haven't seen that one. That sounds ridiculous. So, um, so yeah, thanks to also to JCVD for helping my friend out with her paper. So, um, uh, the other night I was gonna watch Magnum Force, and then I was like, you know what? I haven't fucking seen Dirty Harry in forever, and I bought this four disc Clint East or uh, Dirty Harry set for like ten bucks, <laughs> or for a movie. Um, it has Dirty Harry, Magnum Force, and the other two that I can't think That's of the name nice. of. Nice, um, uh, The Enforcer and uh, Sudden Impact. There you go. There you go. It has all four on two discs, I think. 
Which do you like better, uh, Dirty Harry or Magnum Force? Still haven't seen Magnum Force. I've only seen Dirty Harry. And I I hadn't seen Dirty Harry in like 10 years probably, so I just decided to watch that again instead. Yeah. Well, the Um, both of them are – it's hard for me to – actually, I like both of those, the first two, so much that it's hard for me to choose. But um, I – you haven't seen Magnum Force yet, but I will say I think I like Magnum Force better. I will will remedy this this week. But that's just because I'm a lefty. You are a lefty. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, a, a communist. Ugh. Oh, socialist. and Don Siegel, he directed Charlie Varick, too. I'd, I'd mm-hmm. like to review that sometime. I like that movie a lot. Yeah, I love that movie. Um, um, Ali. So it's got Joe Don Baker, man. It does. I, and I love uh, I love when getting to see um, uh, Walter Matthau doing uh, something other than Grumpy Old Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when when uh, when uh, uh, Molly goes to the whorehouse to because that's where he's shacking up, er, I'm trying to think. No 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 no. It was another scene. It wasn't even at the whorehouse. The whores wanted to screw him, and he was like, "Get out of here." <laughs> <laughs> but he's not that kind of a guy. But uh, it was. I think it was Diane Cannon. Um, if that's, I think that's who it was in that movie. And um, he goes to see her, and she says, "Well, we've got about you know two hours to kill." So he just kind of. You know, grabs her, and they're the suggestion is that they're going to screw, and she's ready, willing, and able to go. But of course, for some reason, Molly, who is Joe Don Baker, uh, before he can have sex with her, he has to haul off and just slap her across the face as hard as he can. <laughs> and when he does, she's like, Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I was like, Fuck, Zom loves this movie. <laughs> My name's Molly. Uh, so, um, Let's see. Uh, I watched, and I was really excited. I I don't get pumped about movies so, so much anymore. I don't know why, but this I don't get excited about a lot of things. I'm just kind of like a kind of a laid back kind of person now. But uh, I got Over, Fear X, the repping movie. Guy. What's that? Overweight, bitter white, guy. bitter, depressed. <laughs> yes, depressed. Fat, hairy. The um <laughs> uh. I got the uh, early Refn film with uh, huh? John Turturro called Fear X. And Man, I didn't even know that John Turturro was in a movie that he did. I have to check that out. It is a. It is not even. Not only that, it is a shopping mall, a security uh, guard shopping mall from a shopping mall movie. It okay, but it's a thriller, so <laughs> it's not like Paul Blart. Um, although Refn directing Paul Blart might be interesting. Um, this was not that great. Uh, Fuck! I, I got then this. Why I, am I writing this? <laughs> I, it's 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 worth watching, mm-hmm. and there's some really really cool stuff in it, but it's not overall satisfying when you finish it. Uh, I I seriously last night, I went, I checked the mail after I got home from work at like nine o'clock, and I saw that it got there. Got there. I pulled only this out of the mailbox, left everything else in there, and I ran like a kid to the door to watch this movie. <laughs> and then, as I was watching, I'm like, "This isn't very good." Um, uh, it was fine. Kinda... It's, it's kind of it ends up being kind of an average movie experience, but there's some really, really good stuff in it. And um, it's like when you see it, you, you you fantasize about some hot chick that you have in school or something, and for for months and months and months and months and builds up in your head that she's going to be the greatest, and then when you finally get her, you know it's like eh, you know she was kind of a dud, shit breath, and then <laughs> and yeah she has shit breath and she escapes and then goes to the cops. It's fucking <laughs> bullshit. God, you can't you Bitches. can't get those those rope burns off her off her wrists off quick enough. So. Um, and then last night for, uh, 
for the uh, Mr. Piece Steve Jobs. I watched uh, what's that? Pièce de Résistance. Yeah, I watched the Pirates of Silicon Valley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> cree, cree, cree. <laughs> this this I'm telling you what people usually we're much better. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the Pirates of Silicon Valley for. Uh, for Mr. Jobs, um, you know, it's fun. It's a TV movie, but there's some uh, there's some stuff in it. You could tell it's on TNT, not like ABC, with people like fucking behind a wall and you know jokes like that. Um, Anthony Michael Hall's really good in it. This is a real Weasley, really Weasley uh, Bill Gates, and you know it was it was a it's a good movie. So um, I think it's on DVD, maybe, but you know it's out there. Oh, and then this morning I watched uh, Fred Williamson and Pam Greer in Bucktown. <laughs> And let me tell you the uh, overwhelming experience of the hammer unveiling the bombs of Pam Greer. That was pretty awesome. He just puts his hand there and just pulls down that top, and it was all kinds of awesome wrapped up into one there. Did Daddy. you do you get to see uh, Fred Williamson naked at all? You see, uh, no, because the 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 love fuck that shit. <laughs> the love scene is pretty zoomed in from kind of like chest up, so you get to see him shirtless. But um, I'll pass. It was a, it was a cool movie, and I was surprised. I was happy to see <laughs> Carl Weathers make an appearance. So, um, young it's on, Carl it's Weathers on Netflix must instant. have been. Yeah, very young. Um, it was in uh, it was on Netflix instant. So, and that was it for me. Butt Town. Now that's Iggy Pop. Butt Town. Yes. So yeah, uh, let's. That's not too bad. You did pretty good. Hey, I did. I had a good week. You had a nice uh, list. Yeah, I, I crammed them in. That's what she said. I crammed them in uh, <laughs> uh, pretty much last night. I watched three of those since last night. So, um, Wow, that went on a while. So let's take a break, and how about we cover some Darktown Strutters first? Darktown Strutters. The Strutters are coming up. We'll be right back. You better move your butt when she starts her strut. We'll be right back. Oh, shit. Hey everyone, this is Coffin John of V Cinema, the site that covers Asian film from cult to the classics. Join Josh of VariedCelluloid.net, Rufus of CineAwesome.com, and me on the V Cinema Show, a podcast that features Asian film discussions, special guests, interviews, and live event coverage. Our podcast is published bi-weekly on Mondays. So check us out on vcinemashow.com or search us out on iTunes. Also join the discussion and fun by following us on Twitter at vcinemashow and joining us on our Facebook page, which is located at facebook.com slash vcinema. And of course, check out our blog at vcinemashow.com for reviews, features, and interviews. So what's up with the neighborhood bluff? 
Back from break, the uh, I had to put that song in there. It's the closest thing I could find related to this. The, the name of that song is "Dark Is What I Want, Strutter's Ball." So, <laughs> how perfect is that? By Apostle of Hustle. So, so yeah, uh, we're gonna cover "Darktown Strutters" from 1975, directed by William Whitney. Um, I'm gonna synopsize and everything here, and uh, we'll let Zom take it away. Uh, William Whitney. Um, I, th I feel like this guy might have done some other kind of schlocky kind of stuff. Um, this this film says uh, Serena must investigate the disappearance of her mother Cinderella. A series of wild complications follow. <laughs> well, that's a that's a that's a good one. Um, wild, wild, and wacky stuff. Wild and wacky. The um, well, it looks like William Whitney did a lot of TV, mm. and you can, you know what, you kind of get that feel from this. But um, this was, I guess, I guess we'll call this my choice. So uh, we'll see what uh, what Zom thought of it. Um, Darktown Strutter. Uh, I um. I expected something totally different. And, and I, I mean, I, I'd never even heard of this movie. I expected it to be kind of a hardcore Pam Greer, kind of a black exploitation movie where, you know, uh, uh, with a strong female uh, lead that goes around kicking guys in the balls and taking names and this and that. And uh, what I got was kind of like a, 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 a slapstick um very slapstick almost like a saturday morning uh live uh slapstick uh tv show with a lot of uh overt uh racism mm -hmm. and and of course the racism part is it's there for a reason yeah, and yeah. i mean and, and when you're watching it you're 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 they're they're doing it you know to to make fun of of uh racism by just showing how, I mean, just taking it to the nth degree, uh, how abs absurd it is and everything. Um, oh, I will say, I said in my first note, I said this movie opens like a rated R Fat Albert episode. I actually wrote down this is like a <laughs> Fat Albert episode. Okay, so I did. Uh, we're on the theme wavelength, baby. It's like Dusty and Captain Redneck Dick Murdoch, the Texas <laughs> Outlaws, taking on racism and stuff. And, and stuff. Uh, anyway. Um, it starts out uh, even from the trailer. I kind of like the look of it because uh, mm -hmm. I, I ride motorcycles and um, and I liked um, the, that it was going to be kind of a motorcycle movie. Um, it's a it's a uh, a funky funky motorcycle gang uh, as these ladies uh, roll up on their three wheelers, and the three wheelers are these custom, really flashy, uh, funky looking three-wheelers and they all have their own collar of, of like a um, I don't know what you would call like a uh, skin tight uh, suit 
and uh you know one's like yellow one's uh you know pink or whatever mm-hmm. and they have these elaborate funky ass helmets that look like something out of goddamn cool in the gang or something like their motorcycle helmets <laughs> george, or george clinton <laughs> yeah george clinton and and their motorcycle helmet or patty labelle for sure oh yeah uh, uh like sequins all over all completely covering them with these big feathers and stuff hanging off of them right? um but then it, right off the bat they they come they they stop to get some something to eat and um there's some uh white marines there um and they kind of get in a dust up with the white marines and um uh, when they're when they're fighting them it looks like something out of a um i don't know like sigmund and the sea monster and they used to have those saturday the banana splits they used to have those saturday morning shows um and you even get the like if somebody's slipping and falling or the, when somebody the slide gets, whistle yeah the, when somebody gets like punched it sounds like somebody's got like an, an iron glove and they're punching a, a bucket full of bolts uh if they get punched in the stomach uh really kind of goofy stuff and they'll speed they speed it up and you know there's no slow motion everything you know is, is speeded up so it'll look <laughs> funny funnier um uh you even you know even get i mean this is big time slapstick from the old days is you know some pies in the in the marines face and stuff like that i i saw a uh, <laughs> a few people that i recognize in this movie uh, actually there's 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 a, a, a couple of them. Uh, uh the guy who played tc uh which is roger mosley uh on magnum pi uh mm-hmm. he played tc he's in it stan shaw who was in um uh, the boys from Company C, and also a movie that I forgot to put on my list that I watched, which was Snake Eyes with uh, Nicolas Cage and Gary Sinise and Carla Gigino, who I just oh, talk about wanting to take a bite out of somebody. Um, but Stan Shaw played the uh, heavyweight boxer in that movie, um, and he's been in a lot of stuff. He is super duper young in this one. Uh, you had Aunt Esther's husband from Sanford and Son. And you also had George Jefferson's mother from oh, yeah. the Jefferson. <laughs> she was in it. Yeah. Um, the ladies uh, are pretty, pretty sweet looking mamas. Uh, they break into like impromptu dancing sometimes, <laughs> which is it's funny, but it's also I mean it's just like for no reason. Um, Roger Mosley, uh, who plays Mello, he has his own gang. Like a, it's kind of like a motorcycle gang. Well, they come rolling up, and he says, "I, you know, I ain't never seen no bitches that that could uh, could ride a you know motorcycle and challenges um, uh, Serena to a race." And it, <laughs> here they're getting ready to race. She's got this big three wheeler that's like you know eighteen hundred cc's or something like that. And he pulls up. Uh, he looks like this big badass <laughs> black guy, you know, with a, a biker look and everything. He pulls up on this little Vespa scooter. <laughs> Right beside of her. And then when they take off, I mean, he fucking, he goes like two feet and fucking wrecks. So anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the cops are not portray, pro, portrayed in a very good light. And that's a sign of the times, you know, back then uh, with the uh, Watts riots and stuff like that. A lot of the uh, the, the, the overt racism and, and, you know, hatred for the cops, you know, 
Um, I love their giant l- yeah. lamp or <laughs> flashlight on top or whatever it is on top of their car. Yeah, they have uh, on a cop car. You know, they have the the uh, the red light on top of the car. Well, this red light is as big as the entire roof. It's it's so big. <laughs> I mean, it's fucking huge. And and, uh, they're, and they're fucking the siren sounds like a like an old uh, sci-fi like UFO sound yeah. effect. The, the, and the, the cops are like just complete and total buffoons. Mm-hmm. The one guy gets out and he's real big and he's got like this bandolier, you know, with uh, looks like that fifty caliber bullets on it. And uh, and they have one cop that's so fat, he's re- just this big fat white cop. And of course, all the cops are white. He's always getting stuck in the doors. He gets stuck in the car and he's trying to get out and he's farting and stuff like that, <laughs> trying to get out because his ass is so big. And they're just completely, uh, like I said, buffoons. They're just so stupid. Um, uh, I just, big butt, big butt, fat cop can't get out of the car, shits himself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, that the, um, Let's just say the pyrotechnics in this movie, uh, every, everything's super duper low budget. Oh, uh, God. Uh, that one of the cops shoots off a bazooka and it just looks like um, basically kind of like maybe like a little bit of fireworks come out of the end of this big bazooka and then just a whole bunch of purple smoke. Right. Which I don't, I don't remember like bazookas, you know, <laughs> like uh, having a, a purple smoke coming out of them. Um, like they stuck a smoke bomb down them. Um, one time, uh, there's there's a car wreck and it looks like the the car that's in the wreck must they must have filled it full of like flour or baby powder because when it gets hit it just like this white dust <laughs> just goes everywhere um, but it's like a lot even even the uh, like almost like vaudevillian slapstick uh, piano music while while something silly's going on like a, like a uh, kind of like Benny Hill like uh, chasing people around fighting um, everything everything about this movie just dwells in hyperbole it's just oh yeah it's it's, uh, there's nothing about it outside of maybe the scene where they're kind of just uh walking in the park and singing there's nothing Mm. about it that's yeah over the top like this not sorry that's not over the top ridiculous and 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 even like uh some of the characters there's a character named vd and he's (laughs) supposed to has vd so bad that like everybody knows him he's a legendary he's he's infamous for having vd and he just goes around hunching and acting real weird and and crazy he has a giant syringe if he touches you you're infected and he has to spray you with this syringe which is like you know might as well be the flower on the coat Spraying your face. Yeah, I, I I thought it must be like a giant syringe full of penicillin, and and if you touch him with your with your hand, he just shoots this thing that's as I mean it's as big as a fire extinguisher, and just sprays it right in your face. And they're like, thank you, because uh, he had VD, um, and stupid stuff like that. And um, uh, Mello and um, Serena, you know, of course they have a first right off the bat a natural attraction, so they're going to screw, and. Uh, <laughs> They they get in there and kind of start going at it a little bit and uh, you know the bed just collapses and there's like dust flying up like flour and everything. Um, the there's a biker gang that's a Ku Klux Klan biker gang and they're of course their bikes have big crosses where the sissy bars are right. and uh, and but like when um, she gets ready to like I said, with the impromptu dancing and shit, like she'll just start dancing for no reason. <laughs> like just walking instead of walking, she dances. And, uh, when they were going to have the race, um, 
And it, it took her 10 minutes to get on the bike because she just dances around the bike and puts her foot up on the seat and then dances around it some more. And it's funny because it's, it's really, you know, I, I guess that's just her style. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, when they're getting ready to screw. Um, hmm, he says, you know, the, the, the VD's like, you going to make her your mama. Well, you know, I don't know. I mean, I know that's the vernacular of the time, but I never wanted to, you know, make any girl that I was screwing my mama. <laughs> I'm like, unless it was Kay Parker. Um, and, uh, yeah. But anyway, that's a that's a some kind of reference from another kind of movie. Um, um, if you ever after they like have sex, uh, I think they had sex, but it might have been one of those ones where it's so innocent that they were just like making out. Uh, she gets up and tells Mello, you know, if you ever try and rape me again, you know, I'm going to give you one of these. Uh, and then he gets like a little, uh, he, when she tells him that he puts his thumb in his mouth, like a little kid, like he's pouting or crying or something. It's just so fucking stupid. <laughs> anyway, um, Serena has a brother that, uh, he's like studies martial arts and it kind of remember, reminds me of when we were kids and, um, you could buy books, like just like a paperback book, or send mm-hmm. it for a uh, a manual out of the back of a magazine on how to do karate. So we'd get those, and then we'd sit at home and like do these katas and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so fucking stupid. Um, but he, they, they have like a brotherly, sisterly love thing where they just beat the shit out of each other, which is kind of. I mean, it was out. I mean, it's just fucking like you said. Everything's just so outrageous and over the top, uh, where they're just like beating the shit out of each other, and the whole front of the fucking house falls off. Um, that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I do, I do, I do like that part a whole lot. Like for me, the the first twenty minutes, and and actually, I, I wrote this note, but it ends up being a lot more than this. But the first like twenty minutes of the movie had some moments, but it feels slow for some reason. Mm-hmm. It takes a long time to establish. Like in the first eighteen minutes, I mean, we you know we established the Strutters, we established the guy gang, the guy biker gang, we mm-hmm. established the bumbling cops. We give intros for everybody. Uh, we see the KKK biker gang, but it's like there's so much like, like obtuse like slapstick humor that a lot of it's uh, like a miss. Like I don't find it funny. Yeah, I, um, I, I, and I, it, that's how it affected me too. I was like, Jesus, Jesus H Christ! Christ. You know, it, it, it was just. But I did like, like I the said, kung fu in the house. Like it's like, hey, try this, and then kick the shit out of her, and she flies out of a window, yeah. and then the whole house falls apart. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, I did. I mean, the 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 racism stuff at the very first part of it. You know, with the exception of the cops just being inept and stupid, mm-hmm. uh, you had these stereotypes like the VD character and stuff like that, but they were just acting goofy. You really didn't get into the hardcore where you're just sitting there like, oh, Jesus Christ, man, this is bad, until um, she goes to the jail to um, do something. Because, like, she would uh, just put on, like, a meter maid or a cop's uniform, and mm-hmm. then... Is because she had a cop's uniform on. The cops didn't think of her as black, so they just they they just let her in anywhere because she's you know got a cop uniform on. I guess that you know just makes them blind, um, uh, like the the force or something in Star Wars. Um, but she goes in the jail and 
you know, they have one uh, African-American guy behind bars and he has like a gorilla mask on. So I guess they're trying to say, you know, yeah. I don't know, you know, you know what they're trying to say. And uh, and uh, then she goes by the next cell and the black guy is just hanging like he they, they had hung him and he's just hanging in there by his neck. And um, until that's the part where it started when it started getting like really racist like that, it, it, I started seeing it more in the light of the next movie we're going to do Mr. Yeah. Freedom. Yeah. I mean like uh, the cops had uh, the nigger alarm on their, yeah. on their thing and like they all freak out and then, you know, they, they want to shoot anyone that's black basically. Yeah. But, but it, up until then it was just this goofy slapstick stuff. Like I said, like you would see in the, on a, like a, a really cheesy seventies variety show or something. And it really, uh, it just missed. Now, when they started doing the real super duper uber ultra racist stuff, um, at least it seemed like, okay, now they're doing something. I'm seeing where they're yeah. going. They, they have something that they're doing here. And you had a uh, a um, commander, uh, uh, Louisville Cross, uh, who is basically, I mean, how they fuck Colonel Sanders from Kentucky Fried Chicken didn't sue the shit out of them for this. I mean, he looks just like Colonel Sanders from Kentucky Fried Chicken. He has it's not it's not a Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's a rib place. Yeah, and he has two stereotypical like hillbilly a man and a woman. The guy's got a straw hat on and bib overalls that are just real dirty and shit, and they're out there cooking. And um, he's he got is, he's got fucking a cotton field in his front lawn. Yeah, yeah. He 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 basically has everything like. Um, some people today probably want things to be, uh, and I won't say who. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. Eh, eh, eh. Uh, um, t uh, Anyway, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he, um, they, like, when at his house, he has uh, the stereotypical uh, plantation house mm-hmm. uh, Negroes in there, you know, uh, coming around and serving him, and it, it's just really. Rep- it's fucking repulsive as shit. But I mean, like he's but he's such an asshole and so stupid that it's not like uh you you have this really mean ass uh jerk that you just fucking hate. He's so stupid and so inept and so goofy that it's just like god, you're such a you're just a, a moron. Um apparently the mother, okay, now Serena is looking for her mother. Is it Cinderella? Yeah. Okay, and he's look. She's looking for Cinderella, who they think has been kidnapped. And she finds out. She 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 finds out. Uh, you know why she was kidnapped, and says that uh, um, she had was speaking out or had something to do with uh, uh, speaking out for a woman's right to have an abortion, and. She was organizing the doc, the the doctors. Yeah, the, the, uh, you know, so that's why I guess they, you know, the these people went nuts and were kidnapping her and stuff. Um, well, amongst other reasons, um, you know, you get comments like, uh, you know, they were looking for somebody, and somebody says, "I'll check the wood pile." You know, and the old saying was the N word. You know, like the N word in the wood pile. Yeah. Um, you know, you get stupid stuff like that, which, like I said, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it didn't, I know it's not supposed to be funny and it wasn't, but, uh, it's, it, it, it wasn't even as, 
I, I don't know how to put it. You know, it wasn't even like you were sitting there going, God, this is just repulsive. Like, okay, the, the movie um, uh, that Spike Lee did. Uh, oh, the, uh, yeah. Bamboozled. Yeah. Bamboozled. Okay, you know, I was watching that stuff. And, of course, it's more of a, of a thinking person's movie, and it's done in a serious way. And you're sitting there, and you're like, man, this is repulsive. With this, it, I see what they were trying to do. But it it just didn't I, I don't know. It just kind of missed a lot of stuff. Now they did have some just well, I said about the the, uh, the dancing. Uh, they had a few singing things that happened, and they were really good. I mean, the, the, uh, there was two different separate things where they had people like groups of people singing. Mm-hmm. and that, and that, I mean, I was like, oh, right in the middle of all this mess is some really good music. Um, they had a cocaine cowboy. Uh, who had kind of like an ice cream, like it'd be like a bicycle that used to have the ice cream thing on the front, sell ice cream. And he had a six gun. He looked like Rick James uh, with an all white cowboy suit. He's an African American guy, all white, uh, bright white cowboy suit with a 10 gallon hat and everything. And he'd take his six gun out and stick it up his uh, nostrils and snort coke out of it, I'm assuming. I'm very naive, and I think that's what it was. I saw the the a guy play the 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 tiniest piano I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> uh, which is kind of funny. Uh, um, the the I I just referred to this guy Louisville Cross or whatever his name was for the rest of the time in my notes as Colonel Sanders. Um, at first, I thought he was dressed like the devil when she goes to his house, but oh, he's yeah. actually dressed like a pig. Yeah, and then he's got all those like pig helpers and the rubber. He's got mask. pig henchmen. Yeah, and uh, like. <laughs> When they when they're chasing each other around, you know, somebody grab the pigs. There's be like two of these pig henchmen, uh, and they just have like s- little stupid suits on. They're not like mutant uh, Doctor Moreau pig people, um, but like somebody will grab them by the ears or whatever, and they'll be like, Wee! you know. And it was fucking dumb, but it was funny, sort of. Um, sort of. <laughs> like you said, the house is like a plantation. They have all the you know the the field workers mm-hmm. and stuff out there. Yeah. The, uh, with the, it's like. I don't know. I like that in this movie they touch on all of this stuff. Uh, they they touch on a lot of social stuff. And this movie is kind of like, I'm going to get you, sucker, just 20 years early or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what sucker came out. I guess, I guess 10 years early. Yeah. Um, and it, you know what it reminded me of, too, was the, uh, have you ever seen Hell's a Poppin'? Hells and Poppin' is a cool one. Actually, uh, Will from Gentleman's Guide recommended Darktown Starters to me a long, long time ago. But he also recommended Hells of Poppin', and I could see there's a lot of similarities. There's, Hells of Poppin' does not touch on the, the whole racism thing. It's more of like a slam against like how Hollywood movies are made and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's equally as absurd at times to this. And a lot of the... I don't know. I like Hells of Poppin' more than this. Mm-hmm. Um, they're two totally different movies. But I like that this movie touches on these various i'm not saying it does a great job of it but it touches on these various like social things like abortion racism mm. uh women i don't rights, think there's uh, there's any there, it seems like i don't think there's any uh racial um stereotype or whatever that they didn't touch on <laughs> i don't I think mean, the asians like if they started somehow worked a korean grocery store yeah. owner in there that might have made it complete so yeah but i mean like okay they they uh they get in a big fight with the ku klux klan and mm-hmm. i you know it's like i don't think you have to worry about giving anything away with this no movie. no it's no. like a spoiler but they, they uh there was one scene i'm pretty sure that the the that the uh the blacks were smashing watermelons over the heads of the ku klux klan yeah. And then they use these giant pancakes 
They come in, and I don't know what the fuck that was. It was like they were supposed to be like Captain America's shield. They had to get in this house, and they were like, "How are we going to get past all these guys?" And the and the uh, the uh, the uh, black um, stereotypical black uh, house slaves come over with these big big stack of giant pancakes. And they're like as I mean, goddamn as big as a fucking trash can lid or a manhole cover. And they just start throwing them at it. And they don't hit anything and they don't knock anybody over, but that allows them to go through just because they have those giant pancakes. Um <laughs> <laughs> it it it's um a uh, one part um uh, I guess you can if you're riding a motorcycle and there's a gate that's probably about four and a half feet high that you can jump over it even though you don't have a ramp. <laughs> So I don't know how they do it, but they did it. So it must be possible. I might try that. Um, and uh, I saw a sign. Uh, we might not have Zom on the show next week. Yeah, they had a uh, uh, a pretty you know crazy motorcycle chase, and they're on like these dirt bikes and stuff chasing each other. There was one part you know where it's supposed to be Serena riding the motorcycle, but you can tell it's a dude because she had boobs, and <laughs> this is just you know just like a guy in her outfit, and. Um, um, they go past this sign. I guess they were having like a, some motorcycle event, and the one guy's name. They had a big sign up advertising "Awful Can Awful" instead of "Evil Can Evil." Right. Which that goes to a uh, the George Hamilton movie uh, "Evil Can Evil," uh, and when young Evil Can Evil or young Bobby Can Evil gets put in jail when he's before he becomes famous, you know, he called himself Evil Can Evil, and when the cops are coming in calling off the names of the people in jail, like as a roll call, you know, they said, uh, instead of Knievel, they were making fun of him and they said, can awful, mm-hmm. awful, can awful. So it's in this too. Um, they, like I said, they have this big kind of a dance or not a dance, but a kind of a big singing slash choreography like thing at the end, yeah. uh, that went on for probably a couple minutes. And it, but the only thing, it was kind of just out of nowhere that they threw it in there and you get to see her dance, which watching her dance and the way she danced was pretty funny. You yeah. Know, let me say the dance moves. Yeah. The, the dance moves that you see in this film might be a little, they, they feel a little, uh, out of date. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. She's boogieing and she's she's getting down and stuff like that. Um, but they throw that in there, and the one thing that saves it is is that it's a really it's a really good song, and you know it's it's uh, it's a good performance. Um, the outfits that the girls wear. Uh, there was one girl in there, and I can't remember because I was looking up to see who it was, and I think it was this uh, Betty Sweet mm-hmm. is what her real name was, and there was one of them in there that was really cute and she had nice boobs she was one of uh, serena's uh girls that was in her gang i'm not sure which one uh, what her name was but they, but uh the, the the ladies had these like polyester kind of like pantsuits that are real funky looking with bell bottoms and stuff and the 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 uh the, the guys that uh are in the uh mellows gang are pretty much just raunchy looking dirty looking bikers but um that's I don't have many more notes than that. I mean, uh, but it, it it has it has stuff where you can go through and watch it and kind of laugh at this and that. But like watching Top Gun and sitting there and laughing my <laughs> ass off at it, you would think with this one for and this is just me my reaction to it. I wasn't laughing my ass off at anything really. Yeah, there yeah, there yeah. was a there was a few things like they had the little little bombs. You know, you'd see like the little uh, round bombs. And like I said, they have hit the people over there with the watermelons and stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're doing this or doing that. 
like you said, the big button on the wall that, for the alarm. Yeah. Uh, but um, it 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 just I don't know. It just was. Well, I, 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 I maybe I just don't like that kind of slapsticky stuff. Maybe if I was a kid, yeah. if I was a kid, I would have probably thought it was funny, like a little kid, like maybe like seven years old. And I wouldn't even have gotten any of the racism stuff because I wouldn't even know what was going on uh, with that. But, you know, like I said, I remember watching shows like this, whether it was like on uh, Donnie and Marie where they do a skit. Yeah. And yeah. they do, you know, where somebody's legs are flying up in the air and they're falling down and stuff like that. And um, but I, I it wasn't the laugh riot that I thought it would be. And it wasn't the so bad that it was funny thing. I was just kind of like I, I, I said this with. um rubber's lover you know and this is the second week in a row where i actually kind of was bored yeah and i mean i don't have a lot to add on the film itself there's a you know there's a ton of stuff in here to to, to just observationally speaking because it's so uh out there yeah um if you go into this movie wanting (laughs) plot you will Mm -hmm. be bored because it's it doesn't have a very good one they Mm -hmm. don't they don't explain very well like some things going on um, this movie is all about the spectacle. Yeah, which, social commentary of yeah, the time. And, and I think it's kind of like, you know, lovingly lambasting all the black exploitation films that had come out the previous five years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, it, um, and it's similar with Hell's a Poppin'. Hell's a Poppin' doesn't have really a much of a straightforward plot either. Well, not of a, not a, sorry, not straightforward. Not a very strong plot either. Um, what you're there for are the performances, the music, the in the and just the absurdity of it. Um, if you can get behind that in this film, I think you'll you'll dig it. But it's not a very good movie. Mm-hmm. It's just such an oddity. I think it's worth checking out. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, not, it's 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 worth a, it's worth a look. I, but I I don't I wouldn't see myself going back and watching it again. Probably not. And this is the second time I've seen it. I probably liked it better the first time. Um, because I was not watching it, I guess, with as much of a critical eye the first time. Mm. Um, this is, I feel like this is the kind of film that you would say, oh, you got to see this, and then somebody's going to watch it and be like, what the hell is wrong with you? And you'll laugh. But it's not going to be one you want to sit down with somebody and actually watch when they watch it. <laughs> I will say, just as we were, as you were just sitting there saying this, it struck me that I know some people that would watch this and laugh their ass off for the wrong but reasons. for the wrong, but for the wrong reasons. Yeah. 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 And I do, I mean, uh, even in 2011, I know quite a few people that would. Yep. And if the slapsticky kind of humor is not your cup of tea, it's that again, you'll probably be frustrated with this one. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's better done in some other movies. But it's definitely that kind of humor wears on me quickly. And like I said, with the first 20 minutes of the movie, that that is what happens. Um, you already feel tired of watching it after the first 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know, I, Will loves this movie a lot, and I could see why. But for me, Maybe. and I think I've said this about some other things we've viewed, I like the idea of this movie and the themes of the movie more than I do the movie itself. Yeah, I'll 100% agree with that. And, the, you know, uh, Canadians have, like, a different sense of humor. <laughs> they 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 speak differently. They kind of talk funny. And they eat different kind of food and stuff. And they like sports that are kind of weird. You know what it was? I bet he wasn't on board 
until they started throwing around the giant pancakes. The giant like, pancakes. <laughs> and he was probably like, those look great, eh? <laughs> Uh, in the you know, uh, Canada is where the uh, uh, you can't do that on television came from. So yeah, and Santa Claus and Strange but, Brew. Um, I did you know I it, I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> Santa Claus. Uh, yeah, I mean that's <laughs> North Pole, wasn't it? North? I think so. Close, yeah. North, do north. Um, I yeah. um, Shatner. Shatner's Canadian. Oh yeah, I love me some Shatner. Um, what the fuck was I gonna say? It wasn't. Oh, I, it did make me want. I mean, honest to God, I wanted to eat some fucking ribs. Oh yeah, yeah and yeah. Uh, and and uh, to be honest with you, they never. I mean, it was just a Kentucky Fried Chicken takeoff, and they never mentioned uh, fucking chicken. But boy, I'm telling you what, I wouldn't mind having a nice bucket with some coleslaw and some uh, taters with uh, what you call it gravy. I'm hungry. I'm fucking hungry. Too. All right, so uh, yeah, go, let's let's go ahead and let's go ahead and, uh, and and rate it. Let's get through this next one so we can eat. Yes, and then <laughs> no, we'll go eat. Um, I I um I res- respect what they were trying to do, mm-hmm. and I I it, okay. This came out in what was it? 1970? 75. Seven, oh, 75. Okay, so I was you know about ten years old. And, you know, so I lived during those times. I remember, you know, some really crappy, crappy times as far as, uh, you know, race, racism and uh, even how some people in my family acted and shit like that. And it's almost kind of like passing it down. And uh, the riots and, and uh, you know, Vietnam War and that just that whole generation. Uh, I lived through that even though I was young. But so I respect what they were doing and I could see where they were going with it. I just didn't find the movie to be ultimately to be entertain that entertaining, mm-hmm. um, so I'm gonna give it like a four. Okay, I, I'm 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 totally on the same page. Uh, for me, the the absurdity and the surrealism of it kind of outweigh some things. Um, mm-hmm. But that said, it's still for me just a I guess a, ends up being better than just slightly better than average because right. there's you know the 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 entertaining parts of it grew. Th- you know, thin for me very quickly. Right. Um, and I, I give it a six out of 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I recommend it because it's so ridiculous, uh, that it's one that you will want to have in your, I guess, knowledge. Um, you could definitely tell it's a precursor to, you know, other such films that would be made in the eighties and nineties, but like bamboozled, for instance, I mean, Spike right. Lee probably had, you know, something like this in mind because it, that again, it's such a sub, such an absurd idea and it's so over the top racist <laughs> that you're like, wow, you know, and a lot of that happens in this too. So I almost see this as the kind of movie, if you took like a college, like sociology class or a class about, uh, you know, race relations or mm-hmm. something like that, that they would show this movie, you know, and something that you could look at and actually um, not watch it as for entertainment's sake, but watch it to, and and, and uh, dissect it. Yep. You know, on what they're trying. So something, something like that. So, you know, it, it has a, it has a, um, it has a place and, uh, but you it's know, never been released on DVD and it's probably because it's a weird, it's a hard yeah. to market to. And it's, I mean, ultimately, ultimately, you know, uh, even with documentaries, um, you, you, with a document, say even with the documentary, you, you want something that's going to maybe, 
uh, educate you or that, that interest you. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, with anything, uh, you, you have to have a certain amount of entertainment yep. uh, that, uh, that uh, it might not be something that makes you laugh, but it might be something that's compelling, something that entertains you. It just didn't hit with that with me at all. Yeah. Cool. Well, I thought it was almost like I was watching an experiment. Yeah, and it's very, yeah, I could I could see that, and I think you honestly might like Hell's a Poppin' better. Like I said, it's, it doesn't deal with race at all, but it's uh, equally absurd in its in its presentation. So, um, anyway, so a four and a six averages out to a five, just as we thought, and um, I guess we'll let's take a break and we'll come back and do another kind of little little odd one there, Mister Freedom. We'll be right back. Love freedom. This is a great jump film from the Girls on Film Radio. Are you tired of all those vegetarian or vegan podcasts? We just listened to what the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema had to say about the Girls on Film Radio. A lot of good meat in there. There's a lot of good meat in there uh, that the girls talk about. You guys got a lot of nice meat over there at the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Right, so there you have it. The meaty film discussion by meaty women. Listen to Girls on Film Radio. Girlsonfilm.podomatic.com I stand on the stairway My back to the dungeon Doorway to freedom So close to my hand Voices behind me Still bitterly down me For seeking salvation They don't understand Lord, help me to shoulder the burden of freedom and give me the courage to be what I can. All right. We're back. Little Chris there. I love me some Chris Christopherson, and I, I like me. the podcast too. <laughs> the uh, I feel like that song could have actually been in the movie, hmm? in a more ironic way, obviously, but ironical. So, so yes, in a more ironical way. Um, so uh, yeah, this is 1969's Mr. Freedom. Zom, I will let you introduce it if you're not caught with your pants down here. I'm um, I'm hanging in there, Daddy. Oh. <laughs> Mr. Freedom is a pro-American right superhero who fights for God and country by beating, robbing, raping, and killing anyone who looks like they might disagree with him. Nothing wrong with that. When he hears that France is in danger of falling to the commies, Mr. Freedom heads overseas to set things right. When the welcome he receives isn't quite as warm as he expected, he gives up hope of steering the French 
away from the Reds and decides to salvage what he can by destroying the entire country. Uh, that about sums it up. Oh, yeah. So uh, this is one that both Zom and I have seen uh, recently. So we've we've talked about it a little bit before. Um, this was, uh, and I think we've actually mentioned, we talked a little bit about um, about William Klein as well. He was a, uh, a, a GI that kind of stayed over in France after the war and um, started making some, uh, I guess, protest kind of movies about, you know, things that he didn't necessarily agree agree with as far as the way the United States handled its uh, its international Goodness. relations. Yeah, uh, it looks like he did a lot of documentaries. Um, he didn't do a lot of uh, a lot of films, but um, I've not seen anything else by him. But this is um, this is a, this is an art film. It's not one that you want to eat popcorn and soda to. Um, this is uh it actually the, we we actually get an appearance by Donald Pleasance a few times in this movie which is he's got to be the biggest the biggest name in this um John Abbey played Mr. Freedom and I don't honestly I don't recognize him from anything else do you no nah, he he was in some TV show but uh, it doesn't it didn't look to me like he was um he had a I mean it's not that he didn't have a career but uh, not like anything significant uh over here Right, and um, any any time, and just like in Strutters, you got to stay on your toes watching this because there will always be some kind of reference to some kind of political or social something in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they you know they they constantly imply that, uh, well, at least I felt so that Mister Freedom might be uh, gay for Captain Formidable <laughs> um, because he's constantly like they were dude. It doesn't have to. No. <laughs> Why did he respect him? He, he respected did. him. He he respected him longingly by looking at his picture on the wall. <laughs> um, I, I, the I really like the the beginning of the movie opens up and and you see him you, you see Captain Freedom or sorry Mister Freedom's uh, normal job he's just like a back to our first show our, a redneck lawman. He drinking drinking cores or PBR or whatever it was, and <laughs> he gets the uh, he gets the alarm that you know some shady Paps, business. It was Pabst Blue Ribbon. It was PBR. Yeah. The um, and then he just goes and like shoots a whole like apartment full of people for stealing TVs and stuff uh, because they're black. I will mention because uh, they were stealing TVs. Oh right, the See, TV thing. Let me tell you, this is the problem that I have with this movie. It's people like you on the liberal left, the lamestream media that try and twist these things around to suit your agenda. But as far as I'm concerned, as far as Dr. Zom is concerned, and as far as the rest of America is concerned, Daddy, this is the American dream, baby. And let me tell you something. You commie pinko homos and queers and all that stuff, you might try and come out with stuff like that, but you can't smear Captain Freedom. Mr. Freedom, what the fuck? I said Captain Freedom too. Yeah, I know. That's another <laughs> smear campaign. You're trying to get me confused. Now it's uh it's uh yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. And they um uh, I mean there's a funny part right near the beginning where uh he gets on the phone and um he speaks in German, but he just kept saying, Yes, nine, yes, nine. <laughs> and the the lady's like, You speak German and you know, it's a total like plug or, you know, total hint like poking the ribs that he is probably is he's a Nazi. Um the uh 
I like that the freedom organization in France is founded by a highly organized prostitution ring. <laughs> they have, they're all connected like by radio and everything, and they make all these millions of dollars to fund freedom. And, and what's really cool about this is that the term freedom in this movie is, depending on who is saying it, mm. it means two different things. So, you know, somebody that says they're on the side of freedom obviously they think it's a good thing, but then other people call freedom and it's, you know, imperialism or it's, um, you know, something of the sort. Um, it seems like, uh, I don't know, maybe there are, I'm just having this like thing that like, this maybe kind of almost like parallels things that I see today. If it, it, you know, it seemed vaguely familiar. Yeah. Vaguely familiar. The you know, uh, free. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It, uh, I like the I like the names of all the people he works with, like Vic Terrific and Freddie <laughs> Freddie Freak and Jacques Detergent, which is a weird. <laughs> the um, so basically this guy that I didn't really get on this at, when he's not being a a country sheriff, he dresses up in some of the like worst costuming I've ever seen. He wears like a catcher's mask or his helmet changes a lot, but um, he wears a catcher's shoulder like a uh, chest plate. Um, he just wears all this like ridiculous like red, white, and blue armor. Sometimes his face is painted. I think that was supposed to be a face mask he was wearing to like protect mm -hmm. him from something. The, the big star painted on the middle of his face. Mm -hmm. um, his his uniform slightly changes throughout, but he's supposed to look like a ridiculous like superhero. Mm -hmm. um, and fascist wet dream, a fascist wet dream <laughs> superhero. And I felt like they were implying that he was a robot at the end. Um, I don't think that really gives anything away, but there's a he, he, he way loses, to go, dude. He loses an arm at a point, and it looks like a robot, <laughs> like because there's like wires and shit, which that that is not a plot point. So, <laughs> all right, keep going. <laughs> um, the uh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> son of a bitch! I'm fucking dying here, man. I'm fucking dying here. Wait a minute, that's Reservoir. Dog. Go ahead. Anyway. <laughs> The uh, oh yeah, and speaking of vaguely familiar with present day, you know he goes to a, he goes to this kind of rally, and I swear it looks like a like a tea party convention. That, <laughs> no, that, yeah. The, the uh, fucking the, that the scene where he first is I think is when he first gets to France and they have the rally for yeah. him. My God, I, I mean I hate to I'm, I'm not jumping to the end, but I just want to throw in I think that might be my NVT scene <laughs> I, when he's up there fucking. Sh spewing that shit it just was like i was like oh my god this is just fantastic i love the way he would be when he was kind of like selling it but doing it in almost like a beating it kind of way he'd be like yeah and that's what they call freedom yeah you know <laughs> and uh when i was growing up i only had one suit but it was clean <laughs> it was tattered but it was clean it was clean see and i walked up with opel both ways to work and I yeah went to school. yeah oh, the uh, the uh the, there was even a guy uh, dressed, uh, a KKK member in the audience wearing, uh, he was dressed in pink for whatever reason, which was pretty funny too. Mm -hmm. And I fucking love the Fraternity Brothers band that he has on stage. <laughs> These dudes in wrestling singlets. Straight out fucking... of the gentleman's guide for sure. <laughs> yeah. They have moves uh, that are on par with the chicks from Robert Palmer's Addicted to Love video. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> they just yeah. kind of sway back and forth and pretend like they're playing the instruments. Mm. It's really up in the air for me, though. Which which group is sexier? <laughs> tough well, call. Well, that's what freedom's all about—the freedom to choose. To freedom to choose, definitely. It's, um, 
Well, unless you're choosing something that that uh, us people that believe in freedom don't like. And then it's our business to take care <laughs> and make sure because God said so. Whatever. All right, let's we're we're falling apart here with our with our radical um, <laughs> liberal uh, commentary. Let's stick to the film. It's our agenda. Yes. <laughs> if you listen to this, uh, we're we're gonna lose. I don't even think we, now. Out of the thirteen people, I was gonna say we might lose six, but I don't think so because some most of the people that uh, we we are friends with are fucking scumbag hippie commie. <laughs> Unemployed losers, you know they're they're leeches on society instead of producers. Yeah, like and the it, guy who seems to be outside cutting my grass right now. When there's a uh, there's a during that stage show there's a um, there's a slideshow that kind of uh, it, it it kind of imposes advertising and images of war and s- like sex shops and all this stuff on top of each other. And when I saw that, I kind of felt like that was maybe one of the directors kind of. He probably it seemed like that was something he had outside, and maybe he built the movie around that. It's um, you get you get kind of like a nutshell of the of the theme of the movie, at least in this little mm-hmm. slideshow that he shows. Like the supposed to, um, I guess it's supposed to be selling freedom to his audience, but mm-hmm. um, that that part um, I don't know. You might not have seen this. The movie, The Parallax View. Mm-mm. With Warren Beatty, uh, they have a scene in that which is sort of similar to that, where um, he goes to um, kind of he creates this uh, facade that he's this antisocial guy because he's a reporter, right. and uh, he th- there's people that are hiring people to become assassins, and they put him in this room and they say, okay, uh, we're going to show you a video, and then once it's over, then they were going to ask him questions, and they showed him like it would just flash from one slide to the next to the next, and it would be like a, an American Eagle, and then the next slide would be a kid that was burnt covered with you know burnt with napalm and then it would just mingle those like war and um um greed and shit like that with uh the american flag and babies and apple pie and shit like that and it would just get faster and faster and faster to where it was almost just a blur so it kind of reminded me of that sort of same same thing and 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 like you said in this one it's it's almost like a selling um what they would consider their idea of the American dream, consumerism, war, uh, aggre- you know, aggression, shit like that. And yeah, and, and this guy, Mr. Freedom, this guy hates everybody. And more than once, he just, <laughs> out. he doesn't, if you're not white, and I mean, I'm pretty sure he even uses the term a white wall, I think, building around the United States. Um, you know, he talks about Jews and blacks and gays and everybody that, you know, they, they pretty much don't deserve anything equal. Um, the uh, but it, it's all it's all done really tongue in cheek. He's not being malicious. It's it's really it's really just like I said. It's so hyperbolic. Is that a, is that the way you say that hyperbolic? That um, it's humorous when you watch it. Like oh my god! But then you're like, wait, there might be actually pe- people that would agree with this. Like this guy's cool, you know. There's a shitload of people yeah. that would agree that would watch this movie and they would love it. They would laugh their ass off, and then <laughs> if they got a hint of what it, it's saying, they would be so pissed off, and you know, like like with with the term freedom in the movie, there's a there's 
ideas and terms that are kind of blended together in the movie. Um, like democracy and capitalism seem to be the same thing in the movie. Uh, there's a there's a scene in it where uh, Mr. Freedom is kind of getting an update from this guy that seems to be from the United States, but they're they're talking about the democratic process in France and how the French are slow to catch on to it. Um, and and in the in the all the while they're wandering in the aisles of this overstocked supermarket, this like super bright supermarket, like all these ridiculous boxes and stuff. How about those chicks? Yeah, and this wapish blonde just bouncing bounce. around, like <laughs> jumping they, around behind yeah. them the whole time. Just 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 for no reason. They're just like, uh, and they're they're all dressed in red, white, and blue, and they're just bouncing around, just hopping the entire time. Yeah. Bubbleheads. So I mean, they call it democracy, but it's obvious they're talking about the French not wanting to just buy all these brand names and. Um, just buy into that whole like Western idea of of just mass consumerism and and stuff like that and and Mr. Mr. Freedom gets wind that you know that uh, the Russians are in town too, which th- that's how the movie is set up because he goes he goes to Freedom Incorporated, who Doctor Freedom, who that's who Donald Pleasance is, and you know yeah. you ever see Donald Pleasance in like very uh, grainy like uh, interfered with video, mm-hmm. um, the. Uh, he well, that's when he gets word that the the Russians are trying to infiltrate uh, France and that he needs to go over there. But the and I talked about this when I first watched it, but way back um, a couple whenever I watched you know a couple months ago, the uh, the the building when he's looking in the elevator going up to the top floor for Freedom Incorporated, you know all all of the big at the time I guess corporations in America like mm. G, GM and. Standard Oil and all these are listed on the elevator buttons as he's going up to the top floor. You know they love that. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if anybody even saw the fucking movie, <laughs> you're true. Uh, they didn't watch this froggy movie, so. Um, so yeah, they, he goes and meets uh, Mr. Mujik, is uh, which I we looked that up before the show. Mujik is a Russian term that means it's a, a Russian peasant, which I thought was kind of funny. But he wears this ridiculous like inflated costume and stuff, and really the <laughs> the Russians are given a bad rap in this movie too. Um, and they kind of, Klein is kind of poking fun at um, what happened in Germany after World War II because, mm. you know, the, Mr. Freedom and Mr. Mujik are planning on how they're going to split France in half, and they're arguing over who's going to have the left bank and who's going to have the right bank, and then uh, this hor- horrifically racist Mr. China or Mr. Red or whatever they call him, the China guy, comes in it's just a fucking inflatable dragon with baby powder spewing out of his nose and this horrible racist accent and there was a lot of like a uh, parachute material yeah. like the dra- the dragons they're like these big blown up like almost like parachute things uh uh dragons that are just huge and then the the russian guy's suit and then you'll have like uh the, i posted a picture on the sylvan gold group on facebook uh which everybody should join um and of course, Mr. Freedom's there in his Texas outfit. I don't know why they had him like. I did you get that part? Why he was wearing like Texas like cowboy stuff? I, I just looked like his normal street clothes because he wore that. That's the kind of when he was the sheriff. That was the same hat he was wearing. I think. Yeah, but I don't think of people from Texas as. Oh, oh I, yeah, I, I okay. see. Yeah, so. it should have probably been like Massachusetts or yeah, Washington yeah, well, State. Like he should have. Yeah, been I mean, like a you know, th- th- really, that's kind of that was kind of you know because we all know that stereotypical. They're the evil, up, up, you know, those fucking libs, man. Obama, it's Obama. <laughs> Are you ready for some more movie reviews? Are you ready for some movie reviews? The, uh, uh, anyway, go ahead. go ahead. You go to Paris, France, and um, <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this um, 
uh, one thing that I, I had mentioned to you before, I believe, I think, um, I find the I, – I've made no bones about the fact that I really uh, like redheads. And oh, I yeah. like redheads like with the um, – with like red, red – not fake redheads, but like red redheads. And the girl that is Mr. Freedom's uh, chick. Oh, yeah. Uh, who is – A uh, head. <laughs> D- Delphine Soring. Uh, I don't know if that's how you pronounce, it, but it's Marie uh, Marie Madeline, which I don't know if that's a takeoff on uh, Mary Mad- Madeline, like Jesus's. Oh, I'm sure because they totally. I mean, there's a there's a very blatant, maybe maybe uh, heavy-handed uh, yeah. uh, martyrdom that's represented yeah. in, in Mr. And character. Just to tie things together with the rest of the silver and gold universe, Barbara Hershey played uh, Mary Magdalene in. Uh, the movie with um, whatchamacallit, Willem oh, Dafoe, Hershey. Bobby, with uh, with uh, Raven Shattuck is Jesus, and I think Harvey Keitel is Judas. Anyway, um, she was hot. I liked her. I liked that curly ass, fucking Afro flaming thing. red hair. And boy, I'm telling you what, when they when they're up on the stage for the uh, for the uh, big speech at the uh, the rally, mm-hmm. oh my God, she's got a nice body. Yeah, she had some, she had she had a nice figure there. Uh uh uh, honky tonk man loves the French, <laughs> um, and hates Jerry Lawler, the king, the king. I hate Jerry Lawler. I I love the look on Mister Freedom's face the morning. What do you after think about Jerry up. Lawler? Don't ignore me. <laughs> what do I think about Jerry Lawler? I love I'm Jerry just, Lawler. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, now come on. I know, I know, honky tonk. You hate him, but. Honky Tonk Man made more money than Jerry Lawler ever made in his life. And Hulk Hogan takes it up the butt from Brutus Beefcake. And you get that straight, brother. <laughs> it's, I, I swear it's the other way around. No, 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 no. Brutus is the, power, is the bottom. Do, do. Look at that. No, no. He, wore, he wore the, he had the uh, open places in his but pants. But that's a facade. Oh, I see. He just went see? You know how them gays are. Their, with their agendas, Jesus. Their damn agenda. Um, anyway. I, the, I would love the look on Mr. Freedom's face the morning after he comes home to Marie. <laughs> that's when that's when his demeanor starts to change. He's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> and he's sitting there in his fucking like weird underwear, and he's still wearing his shoulder pads. And Was his, it? He, he, got, he got shot. Or did he get? Yeah. Well, no, he hit it. He bumped his head. But remember, and she had to put the big bandage on his on his side. That wasn't from him getting shot. And I was going to touch that with that because um, okay. as they're showing they're showing the house, he you know he looks all like miserable. And this that happens a little later. But she, um, I like that she has a painting of or by her kid on one wall and a portrait of Hitler on the other wall of the hallway. Um, <laughs> the um, <laughs> but the kid, so he runs into the kid, and the kid's like you know. Mr. Freedom's a not a fascist or whatever, and that kind yeah. of hurts his feelings. And like, it's it's really really then that you see that the character is like he really believes in the bullshit that he does. Yeah, uh, because that's when he's injured. Yeah, um, he's like it's like Superman. It's like Kryptonite. As long as he believed, uh, as long as he had blind faith and was a zealot, like yeah. almost like a damn fucking brainwashed uh, stormtrooper of the Nazis or something like that. Yeah. That's where all his power came from. But as soon as the kid, little kid, who you know, he thinks, okay, this little kid's in a server, and the little kid calls him a fascist. It's almost like a, a chink in his armor. Yeah, it's like that. It's like the Hal Hal uh, nine thousand and two thousand one. All of a sudden, he just starts 
like a computer. There's something wrong. There's a glitch. Yeah, and that's the part where he starts bleeding, and yeah. he bleeds in his chest and and the, under his heart and the t- his two palms, like the whole the whole Jesus. Yeah, thing. yeah. What, what they call it? The the, the fucking uh, they made a movie about it with Patricia Arquette. Yeah. Oh, stigma, whatever. Stigmata. stigmata. Uh, um, but did you notice what was the? It almost they had like a tattoo right below his um, his um, solar plexus. It was some kind of like um, I thought it looked almost like the Nazi. Yeah, uh, it's exactly like what it eagle looked like. thing. Yeah, yeah, like that would be on the hat or whatever. Yeah, on the on the yeah. That's exactly what it looked like. It looked like right. the. Um, not the SS, but the uh, just the National Socialist yeah. Party like emblem. Not the not the swastika, but. It looked like a swastika could have been in the middle of that, like, spread yeah. out eagle. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, as soon as someone talks ill of quote unquote freedom, he's injured, you know, and he's a, you know, he's a, he sees himself as the savior and that he's sacrificing himself. But then, you know, we're obviously seeing him as something else. But I, I, I love the fucking real American breakfast. She feeds him this fucking, the biggest box of cereal you'll ever see. And she just shovels this in his face. Oh, that's that, like, Almost made me gag. <laughs> I don't know because, how he didn't choke. Yeah, because and she had like a, it was like a great big like tablespoon, and she would have it like heaping, and just kept just pushing more and more and more in his mouth, and he's just chewing. He's no more, and she's like, no, no, eat more. And when she poured the poured it in the bowl, she spilled like ninety percent of it all <laughs> over him and everything. And uh, the, I wanted um, to screw her so bad right then <laughs> for spilling cereal. Oh, I'll show you. Just like Molly in the in the fucking Charlie Varick, just give her a good smack, like Sean Connery. You don't have to hit them with the fist, you hit them with the back of the hand. You're a dirty She's man. She's very French. She's very precocious. You are a disgusting man. I am a pig. <laughs> I, no, I'm not. I'm misogynistic. I'm not disgusting. The um how awesome is the training sequence when he comes into that room and like all the all the people in the Freedom Force are just just it's just chaos, and mm-hmm. he's fucking they're just beating each other up, and like one dude's like trying to drown a woman <laughs> in a bathtub. It's just insanity. Like that's how they train. They're just beating each other up, and topless women running everywhere wrapped in plastic, and and then he's you know he starts giving them gift bags or whatever. Well, that was <laughs> and um, I, I don't I you know the the end of the movie like there you know there's a definite climax and everything, and and I think you know. The, by the end of the movie, you can compare the two, and and again, this this one all neither is also not a great movie, mm. but uh, it's it's better. Like the comedy is better, mm. and the storyline is more. I get well, the storyline is more pertinent to now because you know with the with the 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 racism stuff. Yes, it still exists, but it's not the forefront like it was. You know. Forty years ago. Well, let me ask you a question. This is like a, almost like a sociological study in itself, and I don't. I want you to really. I mean, Captain, I'm, I'm not even joking. And it's opening a can of fucking worms here. Uh-huh. And there's probably no way that we'll be able to tell or get an answer to this. Do you, I feel the same way about this movie as compared to Dark Town Strutters? Do you think that? The reason that we like this movie more or that we related to it more is because we are – you're a white Caucasian and I am an Inuit Eskimo. <laughs> and, and, and but, but we – I mean, I mean now, now seriously, I mean do you think that that could be a possibility or do you think it's just a question of, of one of them just not being as good? I, I think that could be part of it. 
I, I think what ha- what this movie has of the other over the other one is that the other one feels more dated. Um, mm. This movie could be made now. Just Russia could be replaced with something else. Oh, like China. I mean, right. Or no, uh, or uh, or uh, like uh, Al Qaeda or, right. or uh, Arabs. Exactly. Um, it's still it's still like ever since I guess the the forties, America has had this um, image of being, you know, imperialist big brother to a lot of countries, mm-hmm. and I think that's still pertinent. More so today than some of the themes explored in the other in Darktown Strutters, right? Um, I could see that we would associate with this more, but th- you know, like I said, this is a movie that could be made today, and also I think it's a smarter film because the humor in this yeah. movie comes from a lot of it comes from you know being in the know and knowing what they're poking fun at, mm-hmm. as where the other one, yes, there's that in there with you know the guys dressed up as pigs but it's more in your face it's more obvious and then mm-hmm. and then, then a lot of the humor is the fast running the guy the vd spray the yeah. you know, the pies in face you know it's a that, that darktown strutters is a pie in the face as where this is kind of like a poke in the ribs mm-hmm. well and i agree with you of course because we have you know we stick together <laughs> um and I, I'll, I'll i'll leave with a quote I, I i'll end with a quote i like uh when Mr. Freedom's doing a television thing, um, kind of promising the French people what he's providing, and he says, everything I have destroyed, I will rebuild better than before. And if that doesn't sum up what a lot of people feel like, yeah, what a lot of people feel like we do constantly, then I don't know what is. um, And I I totally respect uh, your musical choices every week. Because you introduced me to a lot of good stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, as you just said that, the first thing that ran through my head was America, America, <laughs> fuck yeah, coming in and save the motherfucking, motherfucking day, day. <laughs> fuck yeah. All righty, you know what? Um, I, I do, I, and I. It's weird because, like, you know, we we as we just did show a little hijinks and buffoonery for the pure entertainment of you know the masses you know the people the little people because you, you if you go too if you if you too intellectual about this stuff you know you lose like maybe a good portion of the 13 people that listen mm-hmm. and um but um we do actually like to you know come up with you know some some uh, pretty important things and things to things to discuss and i think that uh for all of our African-American listeners out there, if you want to send in a reply, uh, you can send it in to the Silva and Gold um, podcast email or to the Silva and Gold um, voicemail because we would like another perspective. Yeah. And even, you know, if we don't have any African-American uh, listeners, uh, we'll settle for Canadian listeners. <laughs> Maybe even Australian. Uh, or Kentucky. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't have um, that much to add because you did such a fine job of covering this fine cinematic uh, masterpiece. Um, I like the guy. I like John Abbey, the guy that played Mister Freedom. Yeah. And uh, I, I after watching the movie, I actually went to IMDb not to look for things that he was in just to see if I knew him, but because I 
thought, well, you know, it'd be kind of cool to see him in something else. He has this, um, I don't know. I know he's, you know, being playing an arrogant, you know, asshole because when, when he first gets to France, he's walking through the airport. He's just the, the big, ugly American. He's just walking by people and just bumping into them. Uh, and it doesn't even face. They're like, Jesus Christ, he's almost knocking them down, but he's just like oblivious mm-hmm. because they're, they're nothing to him. They're just like, you know, shit. Um, like I said, I like the girl. Uh, I, she's been in, in uh, I, if I remember correctly, in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And uh, up until 1989, she was still working. I found her very uh, tantalizing. Uh, that's just my thing. Uh, Donald Pleasance, of course, is always, uh, you know, he was pure evil. Uh, he was. He's always a welcome, uh, welcome in movies. Um, I've always liked him. He plays a good creepy guy. Uh, lots of people you've never heard of. Uh, there's that one actress or actor actually just uh, his name is Rufus, and he played Freddie Frick, and his name is just Rufus. Uh, <laughs> so I mean that's it. It's like Madonna. Ugh, uh, the French. They yeah. just, I just think they can get away with one name. Yeah, and um, but I I still I'm like you. I'm still confused because I thought this was Criterion, and yeah. uh, if you go to their website. For some reason, I'm thinking that they have this movie on their website, but I'm not sure. I will, don't hold, hold me to that. I mean, don't hold me to that, people, because sometimes I can be wrong. Um, there, like I said, there's there's uh, there's not that much more to add other than uh, uh, the costumes. Um, the there there were points in this where <sighs> you know, it's it's real. Sorry to interrupt. It seems to be Eclipse. Which yeah, I guess the, has to be some kind of branch of Criterion. I've never I've never seen them otherwise, but yeah. their logo looks exactly the same, except it's an E instead of a C. Right, and like you said though, th- this uh, when you go to uh, find this, it's on a um, now of course from like Netflix, you'll just get the disc for Mister Freedom. Yeah, but but when you buy this, I don't think you can buy it sing- singularly. Yeah, it's com- it comes. It's- it's, co- it's called you? the delirious the de- de- yeah. delirious fictions of William Klein. It has who are you, Polly Magoo, who are you, Polly Magoo, Mister Freedom, and the model couple, which I yeah. guess look like to be the only films that he actually did other than documentaries. Right, the, the, but there were there was a couple times like when the um, the uh, the red Chinese dragon guy shows mm-hmm. up, and it, it didn't lose me, but you know it, it just kind of got. Almost like um, an LSD kind of a trip or something. Yeah, here's this big dragon, you know, and then, then the 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 smoke's coming out of it and shit like that. And he's almost like um, freaking out or something. But uh, other than that, I um, like like we were comparing it to Darktown Strutters. Um, I found it way more entertaining. Yeah, and it probably is because I'm a honky. And, but, and, and because I am a, a fucking socialist, communist, um, liberal <laughs> homo, but uh, uh, it's the truth. And um, um, I, while watching this, I found it to be re- very relevant. I talked to you about that. That uh, there were probably some people that we know that aren't gonna that would, uh, you know, find this. I don't know, offensive, but they would, uh, you know, be like, hey, whatever. Uh, <laughs> once they figured out what it was, yeah. Uh, but I enjoyed it a lot more, and uh, I would rewatch this again. Yeah, whereas the, the other one I wouldn't. Right. The uh, the other one. I mean, not the other one. The um, another movie that this makes me think of. I think I might have mentioned this before too. 
Um, it's a film that's old, but still feels very relevant. Is the the battle Battle of Algiers about Algiers, Algiers, yeah, which is also on Criterion. Um, or even another companion piece on top of that would be uh, Facing the Crowd with Andy Griffith and Patricia Neal, uh, where he's almost like a uh, Rush Limbaugh slash Glenn Beck kind of a Andy Griffith uh-huh. in a in a departure role for him, and uh, he is they're manipulating the media, they're manipulating this. It's it's very uh, right wing kind of a, a a thing going there. Um, I there I'm sure you know there's tons of movies out there about America and and it uh, uh, they're some of the things that we do uh, yeah. that aren't really that nice or that good and then we can't understand why people around the world might hate our guts because they should love love us because we yep. represent freedom and this and that but there's there's not as many that are uh done um in this type manner that there was a movie out not that long ago with john cusack uh called like war inc mm-hmm. and um I like usually John Cusack. I like most of the stuff that he does. And um, it was sort of like this. Uh, not that they had a, uh, you know, big uh, John Wayne type, uh, you know, uh, jingoistic, patriotic uh, zealot. Uh, but it was, you know, more, uh, you know, a, a, a kind of a parody or a takeoff on you know, America going to war and all the, the, you know, just war profiteering and everything like that. I didn't like it. I liked actually like Mr. Freedom better than, better than that, but that's another movie that, that would kind of be a, a compagnon piece yep. for this movie. Eh? Um, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I guess we can rate it. The, um, this it's, it's a weird, it's a weird movie because it, at the same, at one on, it, it feels dated and, pertinent at the same time mm-hmm. um it definitely feels like a 60s kind of surreal comedy mm. um but the themes explored still are relevant um very low budget too yeah very low budget um i i, I feel like most people could at least be entertained by it but more so if you have a leftist kind of leaning in your political beliefs maybe even center if, or Honestly, I mean, if you think that America needs to be out of, you know, get their noses out of everybody's business, you might even, you know, regardless of your political leanings, you might find something to get behind in this one. But, um, and you know, it's not very well acted. I, I do like the charisma of of, of Mr. Freedom. Um, Auto-tune. Uh, John Abbey, yeah, I thought he was good. And what's-her-face, Marie's definitely, definitely a sexy little French nymphette. Um, it's... I've seen this more than once, also, and I I still liked it a lot. I think it's very solid. Uh, I would give it a seven point seven five out of ten. Um, I would um, I I like this movie. I read about it a long time ago before it had been. It was uh, an out of print movie that was sought after by people as a as a kind of a cult movie. Um, even reading the dis- the description of it, I mm-hmm. think it might have been in uh, like. Uh, shock cinema magazine or something like that. Um, but just reading the description, I was like, I, I want to see this. I want to see it so bad. Cause I just thought it sounded like it would be really funny. Um, I would probably go for about a 7.5. Okay. Um, it, 
made me laugh, but it's also, you know, you have those, those little things where, you know, yeah, it's funny, but you're sitting there going, Oh my, they are so dead on with this shit. I mean, the guy that, the guy that wrote it and, and, and he had a message that he was trying to get out. Um, I think he did a way better job of conveying that in an entertaining way than Darktown Strutters did. Um, because, like I said, I've, I watched this and I was actually laughing at a lot of it, mm-hmm. but I was also sitting there going, yeah, yeah, it's exactly right. There, you know, this and that. So, uh, he, his target audience is me. So, I mean, <laughs> he, he hit right on, yeah. you know, cool. Cause I love America and I love freedom. Love the freedom and the freedom fries. Yes. Cool. Uh, so I want to go like... make some here in just a little bit. That sounds delicious. I'm mm. getting, I'm still hungry. hungry. All right. Uh, so yeah, good recommendations from both of us. So let's take another break, and we'll come back and do some feedback. I think we might have some from Hulk Hogan this week. Oh, whoa! So yeah, we'll be our right bottom back. or top, depending on your perspective. Our top. We'll be right back. Da. Are you serious? Podcast bestofthelift.com. Linoleum knife. 35 millimeter hero. Chin stroke versus pencil. Family movie night. Bloody good horror. Skills on film radio. Night of the Living Podcast. Mail order zombie. Outside the cinema. Popcorn mafia. Perhaps you'd be interested in Glee Cast. First time caller podcast. Showshow.podomatic.com. The David Pakman Show. Gentle listeners, I'm Fozzie Bear. There are a lot of podcasts out there, and it's impossible to listen to them all. That's where the Podcast Podcast comes in. On the Podcast Podcast, we have very special guests from some of the best shows on iTunes, covering everything from movies to television to literature to pop culture and politics. On the Podcast Podcast, you can listen to these guests and decide if you should check out their show or keep on moving. Find us in the iTunes store by searching for me, Fozzie Bear. That's F O Z Z I E B A R E. Back from break. That's that, that's one of the songs from Darktown Strutters that we were talking about before by a band called The Dramatics. Good stuff. You know, that's, I... Uh, it's, a, it's a good stuff, yeah. I was looking at uh, ESPN right at the end of the break there, ESPN.com. And there's mm-hmm. a fucking little trailer on the sidebar there for this Hugh Jackman movie called Real Steel. What a mm-hmm. dumb fucking looking movie that is. What is that Aww. fucking Rock'em Sock'em Robots movie? Jesus Christ. Man. We gotta I, go see that in IMAX, man. Well, see, now here's the deal. Okay. I wanted to go see that. 
And now, because of your opinion, <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, now you're going to think I'm stupid. <laughs> My agenda hath struck again. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, we were watching, uh, of course, Hugh Jackman's on hitting the late night circuit. Um, and um, he was on, you know, hawking or talking, you know, basically shilling for this movie and uh my friend tim and i were sitting there watching i just looked over at him i go jesus christ that fucking lucky bastard hit the gene pool (laughs) (laughs) jack jack fought he goes what do you mean i said look at him i mean this guy uh i said i'm not like you know looking at him like okay i want to screw Hugh jackman but my god the guy is like fucking there's nothing, I mean, you couldn't find anything wrong with him. I mean, he's got the fucking, first of all, he's got the hair, which pisses me off. He's got, uh, the, but he's, he's got the Aussie accent. He's got the Aussie accent. He's got fucking charisma. He's got this fucking smile and shit. And then he's built like goddamn fucking, uh, you know, a Greek god. But he's got, he's hairy. So he's kind of got the tough guy. He can play Wolverine. I mean, what the fuck? I mean, Jesus. I mean, that's why I don't believe in God. Because <laughs> it's not fair, man. It's not fair, but you know, in some ways, then you think, yeah, maybe there is a god because you look at look at this fucking bastard boy. What? But what did he do to deserve to look like that? And then we look like we look. I mean, I hope I'm not speaking for you know. I'm not saying anything about you know, but I'm just saying, what the fuck? How do some of these cocksuckers, you know, what the hell happens? And you see some of these broads, you know, and you're like, God, Jesus H Christ, you know, they're on this earth and I'm on this earth. But unless we have some kind of a nuclear or like an apocalypse and you and, and then they're out there starving and you can just there's no law. Well, then you can have them, but you're not going to have them any other way. Well, you can. You know, it's like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Remember, they were like, you know, you can have any girl you want. Yeah, they fucking go rape them and then kill them. Yikes. I'm doing that. Just watch Nina Hartley and have some roast beef. Mm-mm. Some some Swiss cheese. Inside oh, no. joke. No Swiss cheese. Butt cheese. <laughs> All right. So we got a couple emails this week. I um, noticed how you uh, segue over there real quick. Yeah, I got, you slid right from, out of that. Get away from roast beef because I have some pastrami to eat afterwards, and I don't want to associate the two. Very slippery, Mister Loaf. <laughs> um, actually, one is an older email uh, for. Probably should have read it last week uh, from Ghetto Tim. It um, it got bumped to the spam in our email, which is weird. But what's even weirder is looking in the spam. I didn't realize we had so much. Like we have so much. I can't believe how many uh, foreign lotteries we've won, yeah, yeah. and how we need to find Jesus. And it's it's we awesome. have. We, need to, we have. We have. So that's why it goes to spam because we already found Jesus. So roast beef, cheese, uh, loaf, and spam. <laughs> oh We're right! Pro- no, you, like not, not we have found Jesus. I got you. We love the. Processing. Oh my God! I found Jesus in the ham. I mean, spam sandwich in the end of Hugh Jackman's pain. I say. <laughs> All right, so uh, here's Ghetto. It's a good-looking man. He's no Eric Roberts, but <laughs> now I mean, let me tell you something. He fucking makes Eric Roberts look like shit. Oh yeah, totally. Jackman is <sighs> fuck. <laughs> he's just he's not can't even be human. Zom, he can't be human. If you could see it right now, the Zom's tip is just a little bit glistening. He's just dripping just a little bit on this one. I thought you said my tit. Like I was <laughs> laughing. <laughs> and you're not Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> you're not Ferrigno. Um or maybe you are, I don't know. The um okay, ghetto Tim. God damn it. We uh, <laughs> <laughs> at say, the end of the show, every fucking show. It just falls <laughs> apart. 
Um, uh, Ghetto Tib says, Hopper, damn near killed her. I would have said Hopper, barely knew her. Um, he said, uh, and the S&G connection rolls on, taking all comers and anyone stupid enough to get in between. Belated congrats are in order for the show, or as the show is the next best thing to liver and fried onions. Ugh. Every episode is a real treat, and you roll them up like silver, and we get to smoke them like gold. Yeah. <laughs> and you get to smoke them like gold. Yeah. Uh, a, few, a few words on Dennis the Menace Hopper. Sure, Dennis left a reputation as a pill-popping, alcohol-fueled shitstorm, but many forget that he broke his career in on some legendary films, such as Rebel Without a Cause and True Grit. He was in True Grit? I totally forgot. Yeah, about. he totally was the guy that, uh, that uh, Quincy and, uh, and Moon that were in the uh, cabin, and he was like, I'm shot, Rooster, I'm hurting, Quincy, I'm hurting, Jesus, and then totally he cuts his that. fingers off. Yeah, and John Wayne used to bust his balls on the set and be like, where's that commie hopper? Where's that commie <laughs> hopper? Uh, but so also Dennis Hopper broke when he says about how he broke broke him broke in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know he drinks and he would drink and do drugs and was crazy and he broke in whatever. He also broke uh, many or I know at least one woman's uh, jaw. Jesus. He was a uh, he he uh, and if you watch a um, documentary which is very good about the uh, making of Easy Rider, mm-hmm. uh, you know Peter Fonda uh, the girl was Peter Fonda's stepsister. Uh, Brooke Hayward and uh, Dennis Hopper and she and Dennis Hopper were married and uh, yeah Peter Fonda does not think too much of Dennis Hopper because Dennis uh, would uh, beat around his uh, stepsister and uh, he said basically even says on the interview it doesn't take much of a man you know to to do that and so they played up the fact that they were really good friends but uh, I think they started out as friends and then kind of uh, and, and even in that like Karen Black and a lot of people were saying, you know, Hopper on Easy Rider, they said he's, you know, everybody thought he was this counterculture hippie guy and they said he was basically a fascist and a and a kind of an asshole. And now I'm going to now I'm going to talk good about him from get from Tim's emails. <laughs> said he Sorry was, Tim. He was beyond a doubt a true renaissance man and played a wide range of characters throughout his career. He did. Sure everyone's going to immediately gravitate to Frank Booth, but what about his role as Feck, the isolated boxer in River's Edge mm-hmm. or Shooter, the washed up basketball coach in Hoosiers? His absolute bug fuck insane chainsaw battle with Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. I actually saw as a as a youngster. I saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 before 1. Uh, his, tech, his insane chainsaw battle with Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is forever ingrained in my brain. There's too many memorable Dennis roles to mention, but there's one fringe film of his that really gets overlooked. It's called The American Way, a.k.a. Riders on the Storm. Dennis plays a zonked-out survivor of Vietnam who flies a B-17 bomber over America with Michael J. Pollard jamming the TV signals of the moral majority and broadcasting subver- sub- subversive anti-establishment programming. He's kind of a hippie Julian Assange uh, spilling the beans on the man and then broadcasting the truth about their devious plans. It's no Seventh Seal or Casablanca, mind you, but a funny little forgotten nugget to sit down and pack a bowl to. Uh, you guys have to... What? Cover- <laughs> what does he mean? Pack a bowl? Oh, must mean uh, cereal, like cornflakes. Cornflakes. Uh, uh, corn yeah. You guys have to cover Boxer's Omen. Which I think we've actually talked about a few times. It's on the list. It's on Daddy-o. the list. But if I could suggest a double bill, then how about Henry Winkler in The One and Only and Peter Falk as a female wrestling coach in All the Marbles? 
Let me tell you something, Daddy. I got all the marbles, and I've seen both of those movies several, several times. I've actually reviewed both of those on my blog. So Nice. But all right, boys. I've read you... those on your blog. Okay. All right, boys. I'll let you get back to busting heads and chewing turnbuckles, and watch out for that Gary Hart fella. Ghetto Tim. Playboy Gary Hart, if you stick your nose in my business, I'm going to have to take you down in your main man, the spoiler, Daddy. <laughs> That's for Tim, Mar- oh, whatever his name is. That's what I'm talking about. Whoa. Get old Tim. That's <laughs> so, what his name is. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry, sorry, Tim, that you got lost amongst the, uh, the, um, the. Hyperbole? No, sorry that you got oh, lo- the... lost in the, in the spam, yeah. yeah in the, beans. in the loaf, if you will. Spam, beans, spam, spam. All right. So, I convinced, uh, our, a, a new, I guess, uh, friend, uh, Steven, uh, this morning to give us some feedback too. I was talking to him for a little bit on Facebook, and I was like, "Yeah, give us feedback, man." So he had just watched Drive. So, fuck uh, yeah. So Stephen says, uh, first time <laughs> feedbacker, so forgive my rambling." <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> Firstly, the shows have been excellent so far. Even so, even though sadly I haven't seen any of the films that you reviewed, but I'll be searching out a few of them. Um, even though I've not seen them, you make them sound all good, and you don't spoil them. I went to see Drive this week at my local cinema. I thought it was a Is brilliant that any film. Good? Let me tell you about. <laughs> it's a music. Let me see if I even. I don't even know if I have the music on here anymore. Oh man! <laughs> I'm I, not, I won't do it. I, I won't do skipping. it. No, 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 no. Uh, what's my? Is this my song? Let me tell you about this movie I saw. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, I went to see Drive this week at my local cinema. I thought it was a brilliant film, the best I've seen this year. Quite violent, but you don't really get to see much, uh, much of it. Enough uh, hearing it, hearing the violence is enough. The audience though was pretty divided about the film from the other chatter after the film. Some loved it, some hated it. I heard one guy, obviously on a date, say sorry to the girl he was with for taking her to a shit film, and a group of lads couldn't understand why the film ended the way it did. My friend and I loved it. And I've just bought the soundtrack. Speaking of soundtrack. Yeah. Just bought the soundtrack as it was stuck in my head all day. Keep up the great show, and thanks for letting me ramble. Signed, Steven. Steven in the house! Steven in the house. So, yeah, thanks, Steven. And, um, yeah, I, I don't even know if I'd bother tracking down the movies. We're, we're just lying about all of them. They all stink, so. Well, I'm trying to talk him, Steven, I'm trying to talk him into covering a couple of Rob Lowe films and some more mainstream stuff. So, you know. Tune this... in next week for G.I. Joe and Transformers 3 Dark Side of the Moon. Dude, I'll do it if you do it. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'll fucking do it. <laughs> so, yeah. Thanks, Steven. Okay. I'm glad you, uh, glad you wrote in. Um, let's, uh, we got a few voicemails here. So, um, I think this one's more for you, Zom. Oh, no. <laughs> Hey guys, it's the Cinemascus Justin O'Rolter making my first call in, and I'm doing something special. Zom, I am challenging you to a match. I am tired of hearing you besmirch the good name of Hobo with a shotgun. Therefore, I am challenging you, not just use a regular match, but Amelijovich on a pole match. That's right, they're going to stick her on top of a pole, and the winner has to climb up and get her. The winner gets Mila, the loser gets Rucker Howard Sexual Services. I'm calling you out. And you know what? How I'm can you lose? I guarantee a win, but I guarantee you at the end of the night, not only will I win the match, but Mila Jovovich will be on my pole. <laughs> now, can you dig that? Sucker! Nice. <laughs> I, uh, th- th- the point of a match, sir, my God, my boy, the point of the match is for someone who is the loser to lose 
How can you possibly lose if you still get Rutger Howe? That's true. Roy Batty would be, oh my God, Jesus H. Christ. <laughs> bring it on, baby. Just bring it. We'll have a match. I'll have a match all day long, Daddy. Uh, you know, it was weird. The one thing I was thinking about while listening to that voicemail was how Mila would be attached to the top of the pole. I was trying to figure out what, what it would look like. Would she be hanging upside down or kind of like, would it be a little chair on top or? Butthole. Mm. Butthole, but, uh, but, yeah. Or, uh, you, you know, listen. She's a married woman. She has children now. I can't be a party to, like, breaking up that marriage even though her husband fucking hack um uh but you know i, I might have i i'll be honest with you uh i wish her all the best she had her chance hey you know she had a chance she's, with the zom and she well, she's getting up. old now too she's old fuck yeah. her she's fuck probably got her. shit breath too nah well yeah you know what she smokes a lot and if you see pictures now i, I i'm not uh, this just shows everybody out there that I'm not like fucking like some blind zealot or some psycho or whatever. If you see some pictures of her that aren't like photo sh- touched up and everything, she smokes a lot and her teeth like in the front, you can see oh. like the nicotine and stuff. And it's like, Mila, come on. You know, you have this big, beautiful smile, but you know, you need to get off the cigarettes, baby, and get rid of that fucking hack. I've, I'll date a woman that's got a kid. And to be honest with you, I'll date a woman that's got a husband, too. <laughs> All right. Let's play another voicemail. I ain't kidding, either. <laughs> Let's play another voicemail. Metal Mikey for Silver and Gold. Hosted by the Nye Legendary Pickle Loaf and Dr. Zom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. trying to make this one quicker because I had to split two times on my last message. <laughs> I am all about conciseness and exacting nature. So, listen to episode five and six He's in the span of one day. Nice. It is quite astonishing. Jesus. Although the sad thing is, I only can comment on one movie that you talked about, which was Streets of Fire. Now, I expressed similar views to the lovely Girls on Film podcast, which if people aren't listening to them, they are sorely missing out. But yes, I really do enjoy Streets of Fire. Love the soundtrack. Love the look of the movie. Love the acting. Fun time. And nerd tidbit, and it wasn't brought up in the retro gaming article I read recently, so now I'm actually kind of debating the validity of this tidbit, but apparently Capcom used a seed of inspiration from Streets of Fire to make their arcade brawler final fight. Nice. How valid that is, I cannot say for sure, but you know me, I got thoughts all over the map, and I'm going to share them with you right now, and now... (laughs) One of the patron saints of the show, Deborah Van Valkenburg. I so recall weird. distinctly my first viewing of The Warriors, seeing her, and but years later, she reminds me of a slightly sleazier version of Mila Kunis. And yeah, yeah, she could be Mila Kunis' mom. I have no problems with that at all, because, you know, it's perfecting on... Okay, I'm not even going to want my thoughts on Mila Kunis. And, Dirty. Well, wait, what's this about Asoma Blair and Joe Don Baker threesome with moi? <laughs> oh, I forgot about oh, that. Geez, I don't know. It's highly tempting on one part of the equation. <laughs> and it's the initials start with the S and B for the tempting part. But we'll talk about that some other time, if you know what I mean. Jennifer Gardner, Daddy. 
I'm going to tie this all back to a previous discussion. I bet you she's got shit breath. She Ooh. looks like the type of girl that would have really nasty breath. And balls. I don't know. There's a thing about her penis. <laughs> I look at her and I think, she's probably got really bad breath. No penis, just balls. I can't deal with that shit. Oh. And I that, but yeah, Electra fail for the most part. And finally, I'm sure that Bryn could agree with me 100% across the board on this one. Who is to say that the Kush could not body slam, suplex, or pile drive people with the best of them? He could have been deceptive. He could have been the Zach Gowan of his era. Tendon strength. See if you could dig that reference, homeboys. But anyways, you both take it easy. Thank you yet again for your excellent show, and I look forward to listening to more again soon. In the words of Razor Ramon Hodgay, all the gay! Bye. All the gay! I want to say this right now, and I'm glad that Mikey brought that up. I. That fucking shit was in my head for like two weeks straight. I even have people at work that I showed the clip to walking around the globe. Hot the gay. I love the cast of characters we're amassing. Like fucking gentleman's guide has all these dudes with rock, like granite chins and chiseled features. We fucking have hard gay Deborah Van Valkenburg. <laughs> <laughs> our our cast of thousands is going to look really bizarre. But you know, honest to God, um, I'm a fan of Hard K. He's awesome. I I I literally uh, have been thinking about accumulating some kind of outfit that would be like <laughs> that. Um, yeah, he is awesome, and I, I actually looked up some of his uh, some of his uh, his bio. And uh, he's a good wrestler. I yeah. mean, uh, he, he, as far as the high flying and that, that that kind of style, he can do some shit. But uh, he paid the price for it because I think he shattered his ankle. Mm. That ended his wrestling career. He had about 11 pins and bolts put in his le- ankle. Hey, but look where it took him. Yeah, he took it to the other the gay. That shit is good. And um, it, it brought back living La Vida Loca in my life. <laughs> Always a good thing, right? Uh, fucking walk around. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> All right, so let's play another voice. <laughs> let's play another voicemail. Silver and Gold listeners, I have to implore you all to call the voicemail line because this now Zom has finally gotten around to recording a greeting. And it is the best contrast, I don't know what that word means, contrast between um, uh, Zom's kind of threatening um, voice. It's just an easy word. Um, and a really cheerful voicemail guy who then happily tells you to leave a fax or voicemail at the line. Anyway, it's Emily. Um, hey! Lots of episodes that are all very good with many things to say. Uh, <laughs> I was a horrible shotgun. I'm with Lofa, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't think of it so much as a trauma film as much as, like, a homage to Street Trash, which I watched... Maybe last year, and always. Sorry, it's windy. Um, Do you like street trash? I've dated street trash. <laughs> we'll have to watch that one too. Maybe you haven't seen it. All right, sorry. I haven't seen it. Okay, well, maybe we'll review that. Actually, I got it on our list. Maybe we'll do street law and street trash. Very good. All the game. All right. Wow, 
oh, that's really windy. Maybe I should call back. I don't know. Anyway, um, Street Trash I thought was just so much better than any drama <laughs> film I'd ever seen because it had this great sense of place and community, and that's kind of what I got from my old shotgun. So there's that. Um, Rick Moranis, yeah, he's not so sexy in uh, uh, Streets of Fire, which is kind of sad. Or but, anywhere. You know, it happens on occasion. I definitely don't have the um, attachment to that film that you boys do. We watched it for Rolls on Film, and I was kind of um, persecuted because I didn't love it. I don't know why. It just didn't connect to me. I don't know why. Um, and the last it's because thing she's a Satanist. I was going to say, yeah. never remember. Oh, I don't think I um, had mentioned it, but I, as far as the wrestling talk goes, Cat is, I, I don't follow wrestling, but I enjoy it. And I went to my first um, wrestling match a few weeks ago. I went to Ring of Honor. I'm going to wrestle And you. it was entertaining. Ow, something just got in my eye. Okay, I got to go because this is going to hurt me. Um, Jesus. Good work, and let's hope I didn't go blind. Bye. 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 <laughs> She's actually gone. And that totally, when she said something in my eye, I totally thought of the Tully Blanchard Magnum TA cage match from one of the Starcades when... He fucking jammed that piece of broken wood in Tully Blanchard's eyeball. I thought about uh, Rocco Sofredi video I just watched the other day. <laughs> Why would anybody make a video? Uh, does anybody find that attractive or like uh, 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 something that they want to watch? Like somebody f- holding their eyes open while somebody does stuff into their eyes? Speaking of wood and eyes, I thought so. Yeah. I don't like that. That's like a rubber's lover. Kind of a thing. Zom's mm. favorite movie. Yeah, but you know what? Okay. Hard gay or the muscle monster from Rubber's Lover. <laughs> you choose. You have to go. You have to have you be with one or the other. You know, I. At least hard gay's funny. Yeah, I go with hard funny. gay because he would make, he some, he'd make me laugh afterwards. Yeah. The other guy wasn't funny at all. <laughs> Not in the right way. What about Hugh Jackman? <laughs> I'd still go hard gay. He looks a lot smoother. I'm not a big fan of the fur. Okay. Well, I guess I'm out then. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Next voicemail. Emily, I love you. Okay, it's fine. It was just a piece of like jobs or something. Oh my gosh, she's back. Group. I don't know. Whatever's on the ground, say that. my eye, but doesn't seem to be singing anymore. Um, <laughs> the the leg of a table. Damn it! I had to call back, and now we can't remember why. Oh yeah, because the cute. I thought what I thought was the cutest, sweetest thing at um, Ring of Honor happened. I was sitting next to a family. And it was a, a dad and two kids. They were probably about like 10 and 12, a little girl and a little boy. And they were clearly fans. And there was a moment in the wrestling match when um, the whole crowd was chanting, fuck you, someone, I forget who. And the kids were saying, F you. And it was really cute and sweet. And I was very happy that the like dad was encouraging that. And they weren't cursing, but they knew what was up, and it was adorable. And that's all. Bye. Wrestling talk. It's uh, a movie podcast. Yeah, what the fuck? Wrestling talk. What does Jesus. that have to do with anything? I haven't actually. I haven't been to a live wrestling match in probably like eight years. It was the one that I went to. It was a branch off of the NWA, but it was about as local as you could possibly get. It was oh. at this uh, small community center in Greenville, North Carolina, baby. Mm, baby. Nothing there except like Walmart. Um, and any place Walmart isn't the 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 guy that got the biggest pop all night of the audience of fourteen people. I think they were all of our listeners. Ricky Morton. Um, no, uh, a referee that lived locally called named Ron Mills. I will never forget because I fucking had his, <laughs> my his, my brother had his like autographed photo, 
And whenever he would huh. come out, the guys in the audience <laughs> would go, Ron Mills. <laughs> and fucking Disco Inferno was there, and I felt so bad for him because, yeah. seriously, it was really pathetic. Um, I mean, it was fun, but, you know. Yeah. The last one I went to see, I went to Pittsburgh, and this is this was God Jesus H Jesus fucking H Christ. It was uh, it had to be like eight years ago because I remember the uh, the uh, psycho that I was dating. She actually went to wrestling match with me, and um, Kurt Angle. He he was everybody on the internet knew that he was having a neck operation, but he was the champion, and he was wrestling Brock Lesnar in a cage, mm-hmm. and and uh, Brock Lesnar, uh, I'm trying to think had had ditched Paulie dangerously as his manager, and so Paulie I think came out with Kurt Angle, and everybody thought okay Kurt Angle's going to drop the belt, it's 100 percent. Because there's a lot of people, I'm telling you what, there's a lot of people that don't read the internet and didn't know anything. They think it's real. Uh, wait a minute, did I just say that? Kayfabe. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, it ends up that um, Kurt Angle's brother, because they were in Pittsburgh, that's where they, that's where he's from, his brother came out with the hood over his head, so they thought it was Kurt. And he came to the ring, and Brock was over there, you know, get in the ring, get in the ring, get in the ring. And the real Kurt Angle came up on the other side of the ring, goes in, and I can't remember what movie gave him, and pinned him. And then he took off running. They took off running and left Paul Lee there, and then Brock Lesnar beat the shit out of Paul Lee dangerously. <laughs> and the crowd was going, this guy that was sitting in front of me, when Kurt Angle came out there, he was like, you fucking cocksucker! <laughs> but then... I think bef- it, it might have been after that. It was either before or after. Angle was, I, I think he was, was Cena ever a bad guy? Yeah, yeah, he started off that way. Well, anyway, the, the, I think that, I th- no, I think Cena was a good guy and Angle was a bad guy. Because Angle came out, and because he's from Pittsburgh, they thought the fans would probably cheer him. Mm-hmm. So he came out before they even went on air for Raw. It was a Monday Night Raw. And Mr. Rogers had just died. Oh. Uh, and he's from Pittsburgh. And he said something about, you know, you fans don't know what you're talking about, blah, 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 blah. He goes, I, uh, there's uh, two people from, the famous people from Pittsburgh, that, uh, and it's me and Mr. Rogers, and he's dead. And the fans went nuts. So, of course, then they hated him. Well, they always talked about how Cena never um, got over and the people didn't like him. In Pittsburgh, he was over. They had a cage match, Cena and Angle. It was actually a good match. Um, but we'll just leave it at that, Daddy. I've had, I've had a couple times recently where Ricky Morton, the Honky Tonk Man, and like Buddy Landell, Nature Boy Buddy Landell, uh, have been in this area. Um, and it just goes to show you if it was back in the day, I would go and I still almost want to go, but I don't have anybody to go with. So it sucks going by yourself. Um, and, um, but they have been in this area within, you know, sometimes 20 miles, 10 miles. And I haven't went. Yeah. I, it's, it's kind of sad watching them now too. Cause I feel yeah. like, you know, that's all they know. And well, I mean, I just figure if you go and there's not a lot of people there, you get a chance to bullshit with them, you know, yeah, it's true. So, but anyway, and uh, Ricky Morton, the one time he didn't show up because he had to go to jail. We're not paying child support. <laughs> I I was obsessed with the Rock and Roll Express in the eighties. That was my that was my jam. I know we play the Midnight Express theme at the end of the show every week, and that Blasphemy. is that is not from the movie. That is from the actual Midnight Express. Yeah, 
Well, they when they first started in, uh, I think, like uh, Bill Watts' territory, mm-hmm. uh, Mid-South, they actually played the music from the movie Midnight Express, and then I think they got the call that said, listen, quit playing that fucking music, or you're going to have to pay <laughs> us about uh, you know $10,000 every time you pay it, play yeah. it, which they did with a lot of them. I think uh, Steiner's used to have Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah, fucking... Uh, 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 the Road Warriors played. Yeah, Iron well, they Man. were called the Road Warriors, and <laughs> Free and Birds played, played Free Bird. Yeah, so but uh, the, the yeah they started when when they started getting real big and getting on national TV. That's when the artists started hearing and yep. playing their music and not getting royalties for it. So they put a stop to that. Mm-hmm. And then you got like uh, you know Jimmy Hart. <laughs> I got my long side burns. I got my hair slicked back. <laughs> I'm coming to your town in my pink Cadillac. I'm just um, a <laughs> I was gonna honky do that. Tonk Man. He's a honky tonk man. I'm just a honky tonk man. He's a honky tonk man. I'm just a honky tonk man. I'm cool. I'm cocky. I'm bad. One more All right. Voice, one more voicemail. Cool. Listen here, brother. This oh is the Hulkster himself, Hulk Hogan. You better clean the spunk out of your ears, silver and gold, spunk? and pay close attention to what yep. the Hulkster is saying, brother. I'm tired of hearing your pansy tag team talking smack the mean gene, telling all my little Hulkamaniacs out there how the Hulkster rides on top of Brutus the Barber Beefcake <laughs> like a wood straddle on a big muscly broom. That's a little malarkey, brother. Hulkster likes the ladies, and not some skinny boobless bitch like Milicovic. The Hulkster likes <laughs> oh, me. So this is your last warning, Sylvan Gold. You saying Hulkster rides the beefcake, and under the giant wears drag like a giant ugly chick. The Hulkster's gonna come down on you like an atomic bomb of ripped shirts and yellow spandex. Oh, I'll save everything, brother. I got nothing to lose, brother. What you gonna do when the Hulkster's giant atomic head goes wild on you? I fucking could hear the slobber. That was amazing. <laughs> I do. I do have to say this. In my defense, it was Mr. Loaf that said. That Hulk, Mr. Loaf, was the one that said that you were the power top or the the pitcher, and that Brutus was the. I said straight out from the word go, and I know this is why you're angry <laughs> that you are the power bottom. <laughs> so much power, so much power, and it's just the way. I mean, you know, it's cool, man. It's cool. It's cool All right. Me. I just hope that uh, you know our paths never have to cross because you've been laying down some <laughs> big talk for an orange, pumpkin-headed, bald, fat-titted. <laughs> I can't even pontificate this all is... the stuff that I want to say about you right now, Daddy, because your son's going out and he's Tokyo drifting people. Your daughter looks like a man, and you had that wife. That look like a man. Yeah, well, maybe I don't know. I'm just saying, Daddy. This is totally falling apart. Got a lot of manliness in your family, and it all seems to be with the ladies. All right. So, uh, yeah, that's what's a big Robert, What's with rubbing that oil on your daughter's butt? Oh, my goodness. Gas bastard. All right. So, I'm uh, lisping now. That's, that's all the show. That was all of our feedback. So yeah, well, I was all saying earlier in the show that next week we're going to be doing um, a little dedication daddy to uh, Charles Napier. Um, we're going to do an early one and kind of a middle of the road one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to cover Russ Meyer's uh, Cherry, Harry, and Raquel, where um, Charles Napier plays a corrupt sheriff. Stretch there, I know. 
Um, I like that on uh, the cover that you see on IMDb, it actually shows tits where I guess they didn't care. So, and it says fun <laughs> sex on the front. Um, or maybe it's Cherry and Harry and Raquel is what it looks like on the front of that. Russ Meyer's Bosom Mania. This is going to be awesome. And, um, and we're gonna is there any Russ Meyer's movie that isn't Bosom Mania? The you know um, it, it they didn't really show a lot, but the Faster Pussycat didn't. It was Bosom Mania, I guess, but uh, it was still all had some, it still up. had some. Um, nom, 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 nom. We're going to cover 1992 film from Umberto Lindsay called Mean Tricks, uh, also called Hornsby and Rodriguez, something criminal. I, don't, I can't. It's Hornsby e Rodriguez, Svita Criminale is the original title. So, Roger Hornsby. That should be fun. Roger Hornsby is making an appearance next week. That's just Char- way it is. Playing Charles Seven. Napier, playing Brian Hornsby. It's going to mm. be awesome. So, yeah, Mean Tricks from 92, Cherry, Harry, and Raquel, 1970. There will be boobs. There will be guns. It will be a fun show all around. There will be blood. There will be blood. So yeah, your milkshake loaf. I I feel like this might be fucking record show right here. So (laughs) four hours or what? Three and a half. Jesus. Maybe four. No, we're 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 right at three. So all right, let's get off real quick. Oh, we're done. Bye. That's (laughs) right. So that's the show this week. Zom, you got anything else? Nope. All right. So so, uh, yeah, we love feedback. Hungry. Send us some feedback. 206-339-1600. 206-339-1600. Thanks to everybody that fed back us there this week. Oh, and we know. also, I, I posted on, uh, I think, on the uh, Silver and Gold uh, page. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we would like to hear from ev- from anybody uh, on email. And this is serious. I mean, seriously, I'm not just saying this is a joke. Send in your stories of people that you've dealt with that had shit breath. Yes. And it doesn't have to be somebody that you went on a date with. It could be somebody that you work with that just stands too close. Right. But we want to hear shit breath stories. Uh, it's hard to beat Metal Mikey and the green tooth or yellow <laughs> corn tooth girl. But, uh, yeah. And uh, thanks for the feedback, guys. Yeah. I really enjoyed it this week. I like feedback. I, I like-, like feedback. You can also email us at silvergoldpodcast at gmail.com so you can listen to me stutter and stammer over your uh, feedback. Um, and join our Facebook group. Like I said, fucking random URL, but we're there if you look for Silva and Gold. We have 62 people. <laughs> We have more feed. We have more Facebook group members than we do listeners. It's awesome. Yes. Uh, um, so yeah, and uh, thanks to everybody that called in, and you know, go listen to Outside the Cinema and Gentleman's Guide and and Girls Action Attraction and Girls Paleo on Cinema, Film and V-Cinema. Paleo Cinema and V Cinema. And uh, I don't want to start the whole blog roll like the Young week. Turks. <laughs> go listen to the Young Turks because they're pinko commies too. Yes. All right. Down with the. Thank you, girl. <laughs> so yeah, that's about it for this week. And until you got nothing else to say, I got nothing else. I'm drained. Spend. I'm so fucking hungry right now. I could eat the ass out of Julia Roberts. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. that haired bitch. All right. So, so until next week, before this totally just crumbles around our feet. This is loaf oot. Some oot. Some oot.